call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. What's up? Happy one-year Bidenversary. It's already been a year. No way. Yeah. What was your oh, favorite God. moment of the disaster year that was? Uh, Afghanistan was pretty bad. Let's see. The the month over month to inflation has been great. Um, thinking that my family's going to starve to death. There's, <laughs> there's that. It's, it's just been all in all. It's been a great year. Uh, scavenging for silver has been fun. Uh, you know, <laughs> freezing a, a large supply of bread or whatever other food stuff you might want to save. Um, yeah, really. My, in, uh, my favorite presidential moment was when he fell up the stairs of Air Force One. Because that was great. Of the comedy, but because of the symbolic value too. The the fact that falling up the stairs is such a perfect meta- metaphor for this guy's career. He yeah. is bumbling, he's stumbling, he is totally incompetent yet somehow still ascending. <laughs> How? <laughs> Only in politics and specifically national politics. Yeah, really. Could such a thing be achieved? Um, yeah, well, well, we shall see it. It looks uh, like it was a tough year for Joe, but if you listen to his supporters, uh, you know, it's still early. There's a lot of time left. You'll see he's going to turn it around. His failures are transitory too. I, I guess we're supposed oh, to. Oh yeah. Believe. Yep. Yeah. Well, I don't know if a lot of people will want to talk, uh, will want to reminisce about Biden memories of the first year. I doubt it. But, uh, of course, we will take your calls as usual tonight. Uh, if you're new to the call-in show uh, and need instructions for how to participate, there are instructions in the description of wherever you may be watching the stream. If you'd like to participate but you're having trouble getting in live or uh, you can't participate live, you can send us an email. The one and only place to do that is the call-in show, uh, is the contact page of the website, rather. Uh, there's a call-in show question form on the contact page. You can send us an email question there. We'll respond to that at the end of the show, uh, as we always do. And we'll catch up with your super chats every half hour as well. Anything else before we hop into the calls? Nope, I'm ready. All right, Drift Rock is up first. Drift Rock, you there? Drift Rock? Hello? All right, I got nothing. You hear anything? Mm-mm. All right. Let's try Tom. Tom, are you there? Uh, pull me in. Hello? Hi. What's on your mind? Ah. All right. So you guys think that God is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent? Why yeah. do you think that? Hmm. Well, I mean, why couldn't why couldn't God just be like some programmer that's that's made up a simulation and it's just some dumb kid that's that's trying out his his latest code? I mean, with all the intricacies in this world and the functioning of the human body and the universe, it it just doesn't seem like you could make that argument that 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 this was some sort of accidental simulation. I mean, it's it's incredibly in depth and sophisticated, don't you think? 
Yes, it is. But but we're talking about the the, the entity or the being that's going to set this up isn't going to be limited like we are. They're going to they're yes, they'll be maybe a lot smarter than we. They'll be able to see all of space and time. They'll be able to. So then he's stick their omniscient. Wherever they want. I'm sorry. He- then he's omniscient. He's already fulfilled one of the categories. Okay, all right. Uh, I can see omniscient about our existence, but that doesn't mean that that. Okay, I guess that's sufficient. Omniscient about our world, our our dimensions, our uh, time space continuum, whatever you call. I suppose you could say omniscient because because the the entity can stick their nose in and witness any time, any space see what's going on. So, okay, I'll give you that. But, and, and I suppose that would have to go along with omnipresent too. If, if this, this entity can, can be outside of time and time and space, then of course they can be anywhere, but omnipotent, maybe not. How is, how is all knowing that much of a step? I'm going to sit here in silence while you continue, continue to defeat your own argument. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I haven't, I haven't made any definitive claims about this, so I, I don't know. Um, I could certainly see a situation like you're describing where there's some sort of creator that established uh, the rules of the universe. Maybe he's perfect and all-powerful and all-knowing. Maybe he's not. I don't know the answers to those questions. I've been on a search for them or, or trying to consider them, trying to understand them. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree. I, I don't think I've made any definitive claims otherwise. No, no, I can, I can see that, but, uh, all right, uh, can we, can I move on to a second question here? All right, sure. All right, uh, uh, Ms. Blonde, um, if all the men in the world were to disappear tomorrow and the world didn't fall apart, would women continue to wear makeup, high heels, tight dresses? Oh, yeah, for sure. For each other? Oh, yeah, yeah. Although it's a kind of a competitive thing, would we be so competitive in the absence of men? Probably, yeah. <laughs> I suppose men are men are you know competitive when they're not in the presence of women. So I suppose I suppose you could say that that would be true. But maybe they would find a different way to do it. Maybe they wouldn't have to do it through painting themselves and you know trying to to look as good as possible. Don't underestimate the endless bounds of our vanity. It's not just limited to trying to impress men. Hmm. All right. Any, uh, any closing thoughts from you? Uh, let's see. No, I guess not. Oh, oh, when do you contact the next month's movie picker? Uh, it's usually around the 10th of the month. And that gives me a couple week buffer because sometimes people don't respond. Sometimes people don't want to anymore. So, uh, so yeah, that email usually goes out about the 10th of the month for the, the coming month. Okay. Yeah. Cause I don't check that, my email that, that often. So I just have to know that I'm on the list. So if I want to yeah. see, I check around. The well, that's it. And that's a good I, opportunity to um, let people know too, um, that I, when I send out that email, there's a 72 hour window. So if I don't hear back within three days, I just move on. So if you, uh, if you are right. looking for that email, you'll want to make sure that you use an email that you're pretty active on and you can change that email at any time. Um, but if sure. you've entered twice, 
I would I would ask, and I'm not saying you have, I'm just saying anybody who wants to change their email, go ahead and send me an email so I can delete that old record because we don't want people putting their name on the list many, many times. It's the honor system, of course. So do the honorable thing. That's all I'm requesting. Yeah. Ah, oh, the movie I'd like to see is Galaxy Quest, but someday ah. maybe somebody will. Oh yeah, somebody oh. will. Gotta love Galaxy Quest. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for the call, Tom. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Okay, Joe Kell is up next. Joe Kell, you there? I am here. What's on your mind? So, uh, I wanted to discuss Ben Shapiro's tweet where he said he didn't give a crap about race only ideology oh Mm. that's that's rich it is rich isn't it blonde it's uh don't set me up bro (laughs) set me up (laughs) uh i was i was actually more curious to try and engage matt on this and ask if you think it's wise to disregard race over ideology. What, what I would nation. say is, I think ideology matters the most, values that matter the most. But the other side of that consideration is that there is a correlation. I, I don't like that, but there is a correlation generally among any number of demographics and values and or the way that they vote. That's true of men and women. That's true among races. That's true among a number of ways that you cut up demographics. So if you're asking me if I were to pick my neighbors, what would be my top consideration? Of course, it would be values and it would be a similar value structure to mine. But if you're asking me to pretend that the world breaks down evenly where demographics have no impact or no correlation on those sets of values, well, that's obviously not true. So is it my number one consideration? Obviously not. Um, but is it is it something that correlates with those values? Yeah, that's that's undeniably true as far as I'm concerned. Sure. But uh, again, like, do we if we can't even get our side to unify under that concept and instead, yeah, get what I would consider a placator of Ben Shapiro in a, a comment like that? We're not, we, we can never hope to, to defeat the other side uh, with, with attitude like that. It's, it's just so, it's so farcical because um, these people, most of them are illegal anyway that come in. But even for a lot that are, that are of, say, like refugee status, rather than just strictly going through the, the normal way that everyone else has to. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the, the assimilation is gone. There's no assimilation, and they're going to be coming from cultures like again. We don't even have to make it about race. We can just make it about culture at that point, if we really want to break it down. And of course, the, their cultures ideologies are never going to line up. I don't. I don't know what Ben like. How, how does Ben think he's going to get everybody on board with ideology by ignoring the race part? How, how does that help? I don't know. I, you'd have to. The tweet is is fairly old, is it not? I'm not saying that he wouldn't stand by it today, but I just want to be contextually sure. clear about it. That's um, fair. I don't I, remember the date. Yeah. And 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 to be as fair to him as possible, I don't think he's talking about and uh, you you tell me what you're thinking, but I, I don't think he's talking about illegal immigration in that context. 
But to your question, how effectively can you vet ideology in an immigration system? Now, ideally, of course, I would I would love to do that. I think that there are. Well, if it all went through the normal way. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't think at it's least the most. That, that's the best process. Right. I after that, like refugee status is pointless. Yeah. Well, uh, and yeah, do you want to evaluate? Is it refugee plus some sort of ideological test and ideological test? I understand there's a lot of why do we need to have any that. immigrants or refugees? That's all that. Well, I, I right. think that there are people who have value, who bring value and would provide value in this country. And I would like to find them. I wouldn't say nobody, but certainly the door is way too wide open uh, in the status quo. Yeah. Four we- million white South Africans. End of list. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say blonde. Where, where, where now with you, where would I find a comparable line? Because zero obviously is to the point where we're setting catapults up as well to chase off anybody. I'm, I'm uncompromising like, on this position because there's no moral zero? test. There's no moral tests. There's no uh, it's test of intelligence. Test. Yeah, but we, we can't vet immigrants in the way that we want to it would be viewed as highly discriminatory. So I'm uncompromising on this position. I just think we need to have a 200 year moratorium on immigration. Oh, okay, fair. Let's just say I, I grant you that, and I'll make this brief so I don't take up too much more time. I know there's plenty others waiting. Um, but the, through the the ideal process that we have in place, which is supposed to assimilate and encourage like uh, valuing our nation's ideas, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's like the alter I, – God, I don't like saying it this way – but it's kind of like the best alternative to an education camp. Essentially. <laughs> Wait, what's the what, what's the best alternative? I want to make sure I follow this. Just it, that they all, like they have to go through learning English properly. Because oh. I, I knew a guy who was Guatemalan, and he would come to me and like ask me how to pronounce certain words so that he did well on this test. Like he cared. You know, yeah, well, uh, maybe that's the responsibility of the prospective immigrant prior to application. Why, why should they it, why should there be some kind of setup? Like the country it, let, yeah. it made him like the country more like I could see it in him. So that's yeah. why I kind of jokingly say it's a it's a, the alternative light of an education camp because it, yeah. it, it encourages assimilation. So. Well, and he, even if I take your point in the best possible way, which I assume you mean, like we're not talking <laughs> about, we're not I'm talking joking. about like a I'm work just, camp. Yes. What you're talking yes, about is yes. how to assimilate immigrants who want to come here legally. But I guess my question is, um, why should we assume the responsibility of that initial assimilation? Why shouldn't there be an effort made by the prospective immigrant to say, learn English learn um i don't know facts of american history however you want to measure these things why don't they do that before they apply as opposed to after they've applied well i would i think you could at least grant matt that if we were to keep the number low which is what i got back to blonde with you know yeah. she's non-compromising i'm saying like ten thousand individuals well if it really takes a lot of effort to get in then you're likely going to get those that put in any effort which could be an insurmountable odd depending on where they're coming from in the world mm-hmm. to make that 10,000 cut. So mm-hmm. they you do that because they will want to get through it. Like yeah, so that would be a natural there. consequence of the limited tickets basically yes. is what you're saying. That's correct. Yeah. I I don't necessarily okay. have a problem with that. You'll have to tweet at Ben and if you get a reply, let me know. <laughs> All right, you guys. We'll have a good All rest right. of your night. Thanks you as well. Later.
Okay. You're an asshat. Next up is Ratchet Republican. Ratchet Republican, you there? Damn it. I always love to hear the Jamaican attitude. I know. But I can't hear a damn thing. Can you? Uh-uh. Okay. <laughs> other than the other than the uh, terrorist attack that just happened in your living room, apparently. Okay, I can't hear Ratchet Republican. We'll have to try to get back with him. Let's try Drift Rock again. Drift Rock, are you there? I am here. Hi. What's on your mind? Uh, well, um, uh, as usual, I should give my secret identity first. I'm I'm uh, Esoterica Unbound. I'm oh, that's oh, right. Oh, yeah. hey. Well, yeah. thanks for uh, thanks for calling in and thanks for supporting the show. Yep, and um, I was going to talk about something else, but um, I got black pilled today. And since what uh, blonde tends to be the uh, or wants to be the Disney princess Pez dispenser of black pills, I thought she'd appreciate my despair. <laughs> that is a great um, metaphor. First, I like that one. That's true. <laughs> but uh, before I get into that, have you have you seen these videos of? Uh, Rambo, the orangutan, uh, driving his uh, golf cart around uh, his little compound in Dubai. What? No, no. I can look it up while oh, you talk, oh, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look him up. Uh, just uh, um, type in uh, to YouTube uh, "Rambo drives golf cart." It's pretty. It's pretty impressive. Um, there's a. Uh, there's auto fills. Uh, some- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, the great one is uh, uh, because he looks or he or she, I can't figure out based on what I've read, whether it's a uh, male or female. Uh, Rambo looks like Tony Soprano driving around in the golf cart, at, you know, in the, the intro to the the, uh, the credits of the show. Yeah. So someone put it to the, that theme music and it just it's hilarious. It's, it's really impressive. Dude, this is kind uh, of unbelievable. Yeah, he yeah. Uh, he's wow. I mean, it's it's exactly as advertised. It's an orangutan, at least uh, driving a golf cart around a beach in in yep. Dubai, like you said. And it's um, yeah. I mean, he he looks like he knows what he's doing, and he is driving yep. rather competently. He, he, huh? It, it, there, there's there's a good video also of of uh, Rambo with three other orangutans, and of course they're acting like teenagers. What's one's up on the roof, the others. You know, crawling around, trying to fall off and get run over, and so forth. Wow, this is amazing. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, any, anyway, um, someone needs to give this monkey uh, a cigar. <laughs> he's got a nice, so, uh, like, an attitude face while he's doing yeah. this too. Yeah, he's yeah, he looks yeah. very confident. So, so uh, um, uh, last Friday, I I I support a, a government government customer, a bunch of government customers and last friday uh one of the uh, uh chiefs of the customer organization um sent around a um an email explaining that it was really important that everyone uh wear the, their masks at work whenever mm-hmm. they're not actively eating which of course means you know uh uh in between bites they're supposed to be wearing masks at their desk and of course, uh, Wait, um, you're, well, I, just so I'm clear, you're supposed to mask up in between bites at your own <laughs> desk by yourself. Right, right. Okay. And and just uh, sort of as the cherry on the top um, in his um, uh, uh, signature block in in the email, he included his pronouns. 
Wow. What, what then, uh, are you comfortable sharing what sort of business this is? What, what are we talking about? Uh, well, it's just like the um, sector. If you don't want to say the name of the business, just, you know, like what kind of company? Oh, 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 I, I, I'm a, uh, I, I'm a uh, support contractor. Okay. You know, back, back in the day, the government used to do engineering for themselves. And, and now they, they hire people who used to work for the government to do that for them. But, hmm. but, but, uh, um, and, and then today, you know, um, I, I spent, you know, two hours on the phone and different calls trying to talk people through the uh, labyrinthine process of getting um, uh, systems built to um, give to our warfighters, you know, so that they don't, you know, get killed in uh, some future conflict. And of course, um, you know, I do that with the knowledge that you know, all the stuff I've worked on may end up in the hands of the Taliban someday. Yeah. And, and as I'm, you know, having these calls, I'm, you know, metaphorically slamming my head on the desk because of the progress we're not making. And then it occurred to me that I'm just a damn orangutan driving a golf cart around in circles. So there was a, uh, there with, was a reason to, with, to bring that up first. I see. Yeah. With, yeah. with, with other orangutans that are only only slightly uh, less clueless than I am riding around as my passengers, it's just oh my goodness, it just um, it's something. <laughs> well, when you're the one who realizes it and you make whatever decisions are necessary to break out of that or pursue something better for yourself, you know you do, you don't have to be in the orangutan posse just because everyone else has yeah. to. You know, you're free to well to leave that uh, if you want. Unfortunately, you guys you guys can do that because you're young. But but I I'm I'm at the point where the the orangutan posse is all I've got left. Okay, well but, maybe uh, you that can. Uh, maybe you can make this uh, like a Planet of the Apes situation. You can organize an uprising. <laughs> you can. Yes. But yeah, well, what you're talking about is really interesting. I was thinking about this earlier today because it, the herd mentality shows up in so many different contexts. I was just driving around town, one of the main streets in Bozeman a couple hours ago and two lanes approaching a stoplight. Right. I end up behind this long line of traffic in one of the lanes. And I'm thinking, well, what the hell's going on here? Cause it's just stuck. And I, 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 I don't know what's going on. Okay. I'm going in the other lane. I'm going around and I get up ahead. There's nothing wrong. It's just that everybody flocked to this one lane of traffic because I guess that's where everyone else is going. But there was a completely open lane. It's right. not, wasn't like there was anything blocking it. It wasn't like it was an and illegal. And nobody figured it out or they were just. It's just, I'm sure they do over time, but it just goes to show that people's natural inclination when given a free lane of traffic, free lane of travel versus a whole bunch of people congregated in another area, they take the group option, even when the group option is the stupid choice. <sighs> God. And well, I did it too, by the way, I, like I, I ended up behind them and then I thought, well, what the hell's going on? Then I moved over. But my initial reaction was to get behind the line of cars. I, I think, I think you're right. I think that's a close tie into the, in that what everyone assumes when they see everyone gets over to one lane is that, yeah. oh, they know something I don't. Exactly. Like there must be a blockage or there must be something. Ahead. Right. Yeah. 
and and, and that I think that does explain, you know, talk to a lot of the issues we're having right now with the, like with all the COVID nonsense. Is that the, the assumption is, well, you know, yeah, this is nuts, but they must know something I don't. And it's like a lot of cases, no, uh, they don't. And it's, uh, like I've said for a long time, you know, the uh, the one thing. Uh, more terrifying than realizing that you're the only one person who doesn't know what's going on is the day when you realize that you're the only person who does know what's yeah. going on. Yeah, well said, because there's a lot of, but that's the way that I think the powers that be want you to think right now. They want you to think that you're isolated and looking at these situations and thinking that everyone else is crazy when in fact, everyone's thinking the same damn thing. It's just, we've, we've, isolated ourselves yep. we don't have the social yep. connections we used to we're not allowed quote unquote to gather at the bar and discuss in the way that we used to and so everybody kind of thinks in their own head that they're insane and they go along to get along but it's it's all um it's all the mass formation psychosis that doesn't exist everybody's kind of got yep. their different degrees <laughs> of suffering from it in, in, indeed and 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 uh, I, I think that's also why, why t today was so dispiriting is because um, there are so many people there in this government agency who I thought were sensible people, but they're they're doing this stuff. They're they're starting to put their pronouns in their in their signature block and was they're that saying just... things like masks protect you. <laughs> just so I understand, was it? The pronouns in the email. What was the black pill moment? Was it the pronouns? Was it the mask thing or combo or what was it? The 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 black. Ironically, the black pill moment was just today when I was thinking about the the uh, the orangutan driving the oh. the, um, <laughs> the the, uh, uh, the golf cart. I realized that's not that different than me. <laughs> <laughs> That orangutan probably drives better than you know, half I, of us, I, to be I, honest. And all the Asians. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Yep. yep. All right. But, well, uh, I'm, I'm sorry yeah. to hear it, but I hope you find some <laughs> white pills to sample in the meantime. Oh, oh I, I, I'm, I'm normally I'm normally pretty white pilled. And as a matter of fact, um, what if it hadn't been for today, I would have been lecturing blonde about, you know, she needs to. She she needs to 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 uh, lighten up a little on on um, uh, our boys uh, uh, Peterson and Shapiro. <laughs> You're never going to get Shapiro. Because... Maybe you have an outside shot on <laughs> on Peterson. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just that 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 you know it, it. A lot of it comes down to those who aren't against us are with us, and and you know if you look if you look for that hero to be your perfect hero. Um, you're never going to find them. But if you if you look for the folks who are are good enough for the moment, uh, th there are there are a lot of people out there that uh, to, to, to take encouragement from. Yeah, not him. Neither. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of my test now when I evaluate fights worth picking. And, you know, like I said, I think that the truth is always a fight worth uh is always something that's worth fighting for the truth is the highest value we should always be aiming for it but we do have to evaluate who the biggest enemies to it are uh, to your point and the test that i deploy um currently is just could i share a country with this person and yeah. if the answer is yes then i'll evaluate the, the the value or worthiness of fighting that person if the answer is no it's probably a fight worth having 
Well, um, I, I guess as a closing note, uh, Blonde, one thing I would say before you give up on Peterson, there's a 10-minute vid rant he did like last week called It's Time uh, to Live. You should go watch that because, you know, even if, even if you think that it's all a, a hustle, you know, if if people are going to hustle and say things like that, I think that um, I, I I think that we should we should uh, you know let them work their hustle because uh, hmm. he he articulated I think what a lot of us think, uh, but in a way that um, I I don't think uh, a lot of us are capable of. Just just he's 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 very good at putting things together in a way that. Uh, it's hard to dispute. Anyway, anyway, I won't take up any more of your time. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, next time, I'll, I'll I'll try to have a white pill. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, man, and thanks for uh, pointing me to the yeah. orangutan golf cart video. That was uh, that was the highlight of my day. That's not a black pill. That was cool. All yeah, right. yeah, it is. It is pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing. All right, thank you, man. Have a good night. See ya. Okay. Okay, let's try Ratchet Republican once more before the bottom of the hour here. Ratchet, are you there? Uh, I still got nothing. Can you hear anything? Mm -mm. Let's take a super chat break. We'll let him hang out for a second and see if we can get him to chime in. Ratchet, if you can hear me, we don't have anything coming off your mic, so maybe play around with those mic settings. But uh, over on DLive, Mactos and C2K, thank you guys for supporting the show. Very much appreciated. You know, he could redeem himself to me. He could do it. Jordan Peterson? I want some humility surrounding his opi or his uh, benzodiazepam addiction. That's what I want. I don't him. know that he hasn't shown humility about that. I don't know that. I think he's oh, been pretty honest about thing. that. Yes, he's been honest. But this whole thing of like, I was prescribed this and wasn't, and I had some kind of, uh, a, you know, unexpected reaction. And I was using these too heavily based on the doctors. It's like, you're a, a world-class psychologist. You don't know that benzodiazepams are highly addictive you know all sorts of things about brain chemistry clearly when he decided to take benzos he he should have known he has a propensity for addiction that he was going to treat his anxiety this way and then he became heavily addicted to them and then he's acting like it's because he was prescribed them and he just was following the doctor's orders it totally removes his autonomy which is what he talks about all the fucking time it's like be like maybe you know he should just be like i was a drug addict because i couldn't deal with the horrors in my own life and it would make him more appealing. I just think that the way he skirted that issue was distasteful. I can see that. I can see your criticism. At the same time, I want to make sure that people have um, appropriate, uh, that we give them the grace of making mistakes, that we give them the grace of forgiving some mistakes. And oh, I have. I'm, I'm on a three strike rule. This is not the first thing oh, he's that's done right. that's pissed I me forgot. off. Yeah. This was the third thing that he's done that's pissed me off. So what were the, the there was the Faith Goldie thing. What was the other thing? What's the second? I don't know, but I can't remember, but I know this was number three. Yeah. I mean, I guess what I would say is if he was to be directly confronted by that and say, well, you're a hypocrite, you're not um, living according to what you preach. My guess and my hope is he would, he would say, yeah, you're right. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't still aim for those ideals. And I'm a fallible man, just like anybody else. I do the best that I can on this one. I missed. Do you think that's what he would say? I would hope so. And I had an opportunity to say that and he didn't. Well, he's a man who says a lot of words, and yeah, I don't but, know but that I've a heard lot of his, his every... audience is addicted. He has a probably has a higher IQ audience. People with high IQs 
are susceptible to addictions, he really could have taken this time to like talk about how he became an addict and how addicts can deal with their addictions. And he didn't do that. It's just like such an incredible missed opportunity I don't to help know his he audience and he I didn't know, do it. I, I, I can't point to, I, I can't tell you go watch this stream right now, but. I, oh, Michaela, that's. Oh, it's it. <laughs> his daughter is a strike. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> how much can you fault people with how their children turn out? I don't know because my daughter's young. I mean, so, but, yeah. but <laughs> don't you think that some parenting failure clearly had to play a part in this? Uh, I don't. I mean, do I think that she's kind of an odd character? I do. Is she an her adult Instagram woman is, with her is own? Outrageous. It's outrageous. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't know that I'm willing to consider that as a strike against the man. Uh, because if your I've, daughter was was posting pictures like that, like slutty pictures of her with her baby but, in the background, and she's talking publicly about like separating from her husband and like I, she's banging some other dude and stuff, and everybody an, knows about it. It's like what something must have gone what, wrong there. And the what can you do with an adult an adult child? Yes, but something happened when raising her. I don't know. I don't know, but um, that to me is a pretty tenuous strike. I will agree I know, that man. she's somewhat of an odd character. So but. she's at 2.5. She's also like fallen into this pattern of hypochondriasis, which I'm sympathetic to, but like I'm not really buying all this autoimmune disease bullshit. I'm just not, I'm just not buying it. He's in the pocket of the beef industry, the both of them. They uh, somehow. You know, and I'm with her with this <laughs> beef thing. I think that you can yeah. cure a lot of what ails you with a high protein and high fat diet. Mm. Um, but I think that she's a grifter. I don't the grift is hard in the Peterson family. I don't know what to say here. I wouldn't go that far. I, I don't think that they're selling a product that that they don't believe in. I, I can't accuse them of that. I think that I think that he's a guy who was thrown into a high profile public spotlight by virtue of a lot of insanity on his campus. And um, you know, do you do you take every do you make every perfect step in that situation? Probably not. I don't but expect perfection. I, I expect I don't think humility he's, from people. I just I don't think that he's lying. I don't think that he's I don't think it's all a show for money. I think he believes what he's saying. I buy him as honest and authentic. Does that really make that much of a difference, though? Well, I don't think that something like that. I think that means you're not a grifter. I I would take issue with the grift accusation. I I don't think that it's some dishonest show for money. I think I'm appropriately skeptical of the Peterson family. That's fine. I would would advocate appropriate skepticism of anybody, but I just don't know that he has he has shown any sort of um, massive failure that other public figures haven't. And I will say that with full acknowledgement. But, but I, I don't d- expect perfection from people. The Lord knows I've made enough mistakes, but I feel like the, the standard needs to be if we are self-actualized individuals, that, that we have to have humility towards our audience. I and I, I listened but, to all of his podcasts surrounding his benzo addiction. But and who has engaged with his I'm audience more than that guy? I mean, that guy has has probably talked with more people who adore him than anybody in this entire sphere of the Internet. So the adoration um, should be a reflection of the content of his character. No, people I'm are saying his willingness, his willingness, from what I understand, and I, I haven't gone to one of his lectures, but I mean, that guy will sit there and shake hands and talk to every single person personally from what i understand i don't think that's just a cash well, grab good. i think i think that's an I, I don't, authentic I don't know care that this for... is a cash grab but i mean i just some my spidey senses my, my, that's an argument 
that's fine. I just don't. All I'm saying is I don't want to treat him with a standard that is different from anybody else. And um, and I think that he's far greater of an asset than any kind of liability. Mm. That, that'd be my own personal assessment. That remains to be seen. We don't know. He, in future, he could end up being a, a horrible liability. So, you know, it's all I know. All I know is in a society where a whole bunch of disaffected young men were told by everybody that they're the scum of the earth and they're nothing but abusers and they're nothing but uh, trash, um, that there was one guy with the courage, not one. He's not the only one, but a particularly prominent voice who was willing to stand up for them and tell them not only are they not trash, but to give them an idea for how to improve their lives and how to aim it. Or the, the the goals to set, the, the aims to achieve, and how to get back on track with traditional masculinity. There weren't a lot of people articulating that really well. And I think he was. And I'll give yeah, him a lot of credit not, for that. Yeah, uh, but he's not a masculine leader. Uh, he can tell men what to do. He can he can intellectualize it. But in terms of being like a like a true alpha male leader of men, he is not that. Well, I don't know about that. I, I think that he's shown plenty of courage. I think that he's shown a lot he's of shown leadership. Courage, but think... can you seriously tell me that Jordan Peterson is is a is a stereotypical alpha male and inspires inspires that kind of uh, sense of masculinity in other men? That's not. I how would he be does hard it. pressed to say who has inspired more alpha males than that guy oh, in the last God. couple of years. That's depressing. I'll have to think on it though. I don't, I don't think that's depressing that at all. True. I think that that is fantastic. I think it is great mm. to get more men on track and more in touch with what their natural role in the world is. Even if you don't have to be fond of the person, but I think is this that the his best con- we can do though, in terms of male role models. Well, I think it's certainly better than the alternative, which is yelling at men and telling them they're crap and encouraging them well, to submit. To, yeah. That's not what I want. I want, you know, uh, I can't even think of, of a, of the type of man. You just want him to tear off here. a few heads while he's at it. <laughs> Well, like um, Ian, Ian, help me out. Beard oh, the Ian. sweet beard dude over at uh, Attila's Jim Belmar. You're talking about yeah. isn't it Ian Smith? Ian Smith. I yeah. that's the kind of man that I want to be the leader of men in this new world. Well, we need intellectual I, but, types. I understand. But I think that, the difference like, between them is is less about philosophy and outlook and more about just. Uh, muscle mass and physical fitness and that's fine but jordan peterson's also what like you don't think that there's an intellectual difference between them i think they would agree on i don't know i mean i i don't want to overstep and say that and and speak on behalf of either man but i think they are bound to agree on the vast majority of things and with some disagreement on the edges perhaps peterson he doesn't embody the essence of masculinity i don't know why what 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 about him is weakness he has a feminine tendencies the stuff with his daughter it's just like i feel like he doesn't have his own house in order and having your house in order is is the most masculine quality isn't it well, like, yeah, like I mean, my he, world is he, checked out but he would agree and I, I i don't we could talk about whether we think her daughter's weird or not but you know i i don't know what the status of his house is i don't live there it's hard for me to comment on that yeah i mean I, I, there are some failings that make me question his role i mean i'm not saying he's not better than nothing when we'll probably have to <laughs> move on oh i was from, supposed to be doing um, the super 10 chats, minute like five minutes jordan later. peterson breakdown um, about on an annual basis we do this i think yeah i don't know i don't know that we've ever gone that in depth on it but we totally have um anonymous ted kaczynski ted kaczynski there it is uh he's the man that we all need warned us all about the effects uh, of over socialization and now his predictions are coming to fruition yes there's I a encourage, man 
there's a man. Um, I encourage people to read uh, to read the Tagazinski's works because they were prophetic in in the highest sense. Uh, Yidris, if you guys like stories about monkeys, check out the story on Ken Allen, a.k.a. Harry Houdini. He was an orangutan at the San Diego Zoo. That fucker lived one hell of a life. We do like monkey stories hmm. around here. I, I um, guess I'm interested. Yeah, I didn't know I was, but I am. Jolly Roger. Sargon was a guest at Trigonometry. That's funny. Channel again, talking about an immigration moratorium in the future of the West worth checking out. Um, Sargon's great. Never, he's really he's really lasted the test of time, hasn't he? I've never heard that show, but of course. Um, Trigonometry. There are a few people. I mean, Sargon is part of um, a select few who were and continue to be highly influential on me. So yeah, um, got a definitely. lot of respect for him. Uh, incompetent hands between the Rasmussen poll, ever increasing crime rates met with increasing lax enforcement and talk of voting rights by a guy who wasn't elected. It's still nice to have my sanity safe space. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Let me reload. I think we're good over here. Okay. And maybe I will just uh, come back to, in the interest of time, I might come back to tippy stream. I appreciate your patience over there guys. Sorry. We got lost in Jordan Peterson world, <laughs> but yeah. on that, um, insane. Well, you know, there's only a couple, let me just, um, no, Oh, actually never mind. We're good. I don't have to come back to this. Great. Um, on the topic of that Rasmussen poll, it's, uh, that's the one where they said so the, the Democrats are saying they want the unvaccinated on house arrest and put in prison and oh, have their kids taken away and all this. Um, Did you see that clip on um, slightly offensive of like all these moms and kids talking like, what do you want to happen to unvaccinated? People? Oh, I did see that clip earlier. It's from uh, some <gasps> European country. I forget where they are. I only saw it with subtitles on. I hear their voices. Were they, they, they were speaking some. I forget which European language, but <gasps> holy shit. Yeah, not only what the kids were saying, which was if people refuse the vaccine, they should be arrested, send the police after them. But then the encouragement of the hosts on this show, whatever it was, saying, well, looks like we have some future politicians here. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. These kids have an unhealthy urge to control and abuse other people. Sounds like they're perfect for politics. Yikes. Yikes. Uh, I, I still can't hear Ratchet Republican, so I'm going to have oh, to come on. drop that one out, unfortunately. Zig won't die. Zig, are you there? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, I can we hear are, you. All right, what's on your mind? Uh, a couple things. Um, I've been listening since Blonde's interview with Blackfield. Uh, it's been a little while now, I guess. Mm. Yeah, uh, it was a while ago. That was a good interview. Yeah. <laughs> and you're missing a lot on that Insomnia stream. He's doing good work. Yeah. Devin Sack is uh, always, always doing great work. Impossible yeah. to schedule with him, though, because he only can stream at night, like in the middle of the night. Yeah. Oh, I lost him. What about you? Uh, Zig, are you still there? Hey. I have. Oh, you cut you out for a minute. Yeah, go ahead. Hold on. I got somebody trying to call me here. Uh, oh. Yeah. I'm well, on you the tell them really to good. call back Sorry. later. You got important uh, business. <laughs> <laughs> so, main reason I wanted to call is uh, I wanted to say that New Jersey isn't all bad. Uh, everything. What, what isn't all bad? I want. I... What isn't New all bad? Jersey. Oh, New Jersey. I've never been. Yeah, we get plenty of flack, man. But uh, uh. No, everything north of Tom's River is where we get all our, our mess from. Mm. Uh, South Jersey is a lot more laid back and seasonal and just a whole different world. And all our taxes go up north. We never see it again. So there's that, too. But uh, the other thing I want to talk about was uh, the COVID mandate participation. Um, white pill, I guess you could call it. Uh Big companies around here were geared up to, like, enact the mandate and backed off as soon as it was challenged in court. And uh, I think they're going to be in a really – have their already short staff. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. 
We're losing I you a little lost bit. lost a really I, integral lost... part of that, so now I don't know what you're talking about. Can you repeat that well, last please. sentence or two? You cut out. Uh, hold up. I said, uh, no, I think that like large corporations and companies around here are going to be in a really terrible spot ah. if uh, they have to lose like half their workforce over you know something they can't even really control. Well, yeah, it's uh, I- I'm baffled to see a lot of the mandates continue. Uh, did you see the Carhartt controversy in the last couple of days? Carhartt, an internal email, Carhartt being um, you know, sort of the blue collar workwear company. I assume you guys are familiar, but this they're they're a Carhartt's customer base is going to be um, a lot of blue collar guys working with their hands. Uh, a lot yeah. of people, a lot of guys who might not want to be forced to get the vaccine. Let's put it that way. And um, they, an internal email leaked and they said the Supreme court decision changes. Nothing. We at Carhartt do not accept the risk of an unvaccinated workforce. Are you serious? Uh, and so everyone's really pissed off at them. Justifiably. So I would say, but I just thought that was such a silly phrasing. We don't accept the risk as though what, as though a vaccinated workforce will prevent transmission as though getting Omicron is a risk you don't accept. I'm sorry. You don't yeah. accept operating in the real world. If you don't accept the risk of getting Omicron, yeah. close down shop, shut down your business. You don't accept any risk. If you don't accept that one, yep. it's, it's just baffling. So yeah, I mean, I'll be, you tell me, I have no idea what the business landscape looks like in New Jersey, but what are the labor shortages looking like currently? If anything, what's the situation? Well, mostly tradies, because there's a lot of old guys retiring at the same time, and there's no young guys picking up these wrenches. Hmm. Um, like myself, I'm I'm one of them, and I do have a couple of Carhartt hoodies I might have to burn now. But, well, it uh, sucks because, I mean, yeah, I like a lot of their products too, and I'm not the sort of person that is going to go in my closet and, and destroy property I've already bought because it doesn't really do much. But no. But I, I will think twice about the purchases I make in, in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we should be talking more with our money, honestly. Yeah, totally. That's the one way to actually fight back. Yeah, it's it's like NASCAR or anything else. I, I want to ask the executives at Carhartt or NASCAR or any of these places, do you understand who consumes your product? Yeah, I understand they you're do. a property they owner do. and you're entitled to some you're entitled to your decisions that you make in management of that property. But do you understand why people support your business? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have them, you don't have the ownership of that property. It disappears. Poof, it's gone. You have nothing to manage anyway. So you got to at least consider yeah. who they are and understand. It's it's like a Carhartt is baffled. <laughs> Carhartt is uh, blown away that, that people would be this pissed off about their vaccine mandate. Anyway, um, any any it be, closing it's thoughts? It's fairly short sighted, though. In many ways, um, well, yeah, just totally. that us, us uh, pure bloods have a lot more power than the establishment's willing to admit. Honestly, that's the main thing I want to say. Well, and uh, you just gotta find ways to fight the right way. How long until people who have only accepted four jabs are still honorary purebloods because they've said no to the fifth booster? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, eventually, the longer this carries on, people, the lines are going to. Maybe not. Maybe I'm delusional. I keep thinking, okay, this is the line that people are not going to. They're not going to do that shit. But man, in the same I, respect, man. Once you do it once, you can't undo it. So I yeah. suppose. There's I mean, that, bloods and there's not. <laughs> I I agree. Um, I I I would agree with that. I just the point I'm trying to make is that I I think and I hope that as as people comply with this nonsense and yet another order is put in front of them uh, right after they complied with the last one. 
they have to wake up, don't they? Or or do they not? They're just the people that will follow the shepherd for the rest of their lives, no matter what. Think off the cliff. One th- one thing we could actually do to help maybe persuade some people over time is to stop calling it a van- uh, vaccine entirely and just start calling it a therapeutic, which is what it is. Yeah, uh, I've heard uh, I've heard some people make that same point, and and it's technically correct. It's not a vaccine in the uh, the original definitional sense yeah although they've kind of just adopted it into that well but that was most of it guys thanks for having all me right on. well godspeed out there you know you got to change that state just like a lot of those uh a lot of those blue hell holes so thank you for doing Some the hard us work just have to stand and fight man yeah and tell them to stop moving here <laughs> yeah. yes or i guess i'll show up there to help you fix it in a few years <laughs> once they've <laughs> taken over here all right see you man all right Take care. Uh, next up is Phil, the one, the only. I fell. And you make me sound cooler than I actually am. <laughs> well, I feel like I have to do something special for you because, you know, I'm 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 always having to um, rephrase your chat. So I figure I owe you one. Oh, I appreciate it. Uh, how are you guys doing today? We're all right. Good. What's how on your you? mind? Well, well, I was wondering how you guys uh, celebrated Martin Luther King Day the other day. Oh, that reminds me. I did look it up because you had streamed uh, a, a rape accusation, or not streamed, you had chatted a rape accusation. And uh, that that got my mind curious. And uh, I looked it up. So you, you tell me, but what I've, this was reported in 2019, there were FBI records and or tapes that suggested that Martin Luther King watched a friend or associate of his rape a woman in a hotel room and supposedly laughed while it was happening. Is that accurate? It's accurate. And it's also uh, the friend that did the raping was a pastor and the woman he raped was a parishioner of his. Wow. Um, Was she white? I don't think in that case it was, but apparently Mm. later on in that same trip, they'd gone to DC for something. He's uh, a, are you more familiar with the evidence? I was just reading about this. So is there a tape recording or is it just the FBI? I saw FBI notes too. And again, you know, FBI records, I'm going to be a little skeptical of, but whatever. I think there are actually tapes. Like they were recording him and stuff. Cause he, one of his, one of his uh, quote unquote friends, Stanley Levinson was an attorney with communist party ties. Yeah. So they certainly weren't anxious to let the communists uh, take over, or at least that's what they would have us believe. But on that same trip, the one you were referring to, um, there was also an orgy apparently planned for like the next day or whatever. Hmm. Yeah, uh, he he was a real perv. And one Hmm. of the uh, women didn't want to go through with some of it, and I guess they, they told her it would save her soul to do something that was apparently unnatural. So... Hmm. The guy, the guy was not a, uh, a paragon of virtue, and I, no, I would indeed. say that he had zero redeeming qualities. The only reason he's pushed on us is because there's people in charge of the country that want to use him as a as a cudgel against their political enemies. It was, uh, how, yeah, sorry, how, like Martin Luther King Day was even enacted as a national holiday. It was basically done state by state. And there was a significant number of corporate dollars pushing it from behind the scenes. Um, hmm. Who's corporate dollars? Phil? Who's corporate dollars? Oh, you know, probably the Amish, actually. 
But anyway, uh, go ahead. You were going to ask something. The, it was really frustrating to watch on Twitter as, um, you know, and I, I, I'm not necessarily going to blame any particular person for recognizing the day. Whatever they want to do, that's fine. I don't care. But you have conservative or Republican politicians recognizing Martin Luther King Day and then getting ratioed and attacked by left-wing people saying, you betray everything about his legacy. And it, it's just, uh, it was just very frustrating. It was very fr- frustrating. Uh, I don't know. Just everything about it was fully politicized. And it just goes to show, um, is this really about the man? Is this about the civil rights movement? Is it about any of that stuff? Or is it just another hammer to wield uh, as a weapon against your political opposition? Yeah. And to your point, is the entire thing that? And there's no doubt that what I just watched on on Monday was nothing but a club to beat people with and try to force them into, say, the federalization of election process. But that's all. It, it just doesn't matter what it is. Oh, you have to do this to honor King's legacy. Right. Insert whatever your policy preference is. Yeah, I would say I would say the the left wingers put jumping on uh, Republican politicians are probably in the right to do that. Uh, he was very in favor of uh, racial set asides when it came to jobs and everything else, public mm-hmm. money. So this taking one uh, one little uh, verse or passage out of a speech he gave uh, and saying like that was the entirety of the man is just ridiculous. It's just another one of these Dems are the real racist things. It's like yeah, instead of calling the Dems the real racist, we should just try to keep uh, – stop pretending like racism is actually as, as big an issue as it actually they try to make it sound it is yeah i mean it's it's almost sense. their number one it's their it's their reason for existing at this point it is uh, which is uh, a rather sad and miserable existence so mm-hmm. i don't know but people still buy it people love the victim box people love the victim status it's a way to skirt responsibility for whatever shortcomings there are in your own life it's someone else's fault it's that racist guy over there mm-hmm. i i am encouraged though because i've been seeing a few more commentators on the right that have been starting to ask questions about civil rights stuff uh rosa parks and specific uh, specifically so yeah <laughs> there's, yeah there's at least an, there's at least an awakening among some of the more uh, astute folks on the right that maybe we were sold a bill of goods well and it, it it's on and it's on uh a necessary it necessarily collides with your property rights too and, and that's yeah. the problem yes. with the whole the whole thing you, you can agree or disagree with how someone manages his property in the form of his business or whatever else he has you can you might think that guy's a scumbag because he doesn't want to host certain people he doesn't want to participate in certain things totally inclined not to support his business on uh because of those reasons but the moment that we say that that you are um not just morally wrong but legally wrong for your refusal to accommodate and provide a service to somebody else i am not i'm not saying that that is slavery in the purest sense but what you are saying is you have ownership over the services and labor of another person and you are entitled to force them to provide that labor and service and that in the purest sense, that is what the moral right. wrong with things like slavery uh, is. So we've really inverted a lot of that stuff. And it doesn't mean that I love the guy who's going to have like, you know, some some um, racially exclusionary policy at his business. I'll decide if I want to support that or not. But that doesn't mean that I get to control his property and I get to tell him he must do this. There are serious moral flaws with that thinking. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah been, I think we kind of have been tricked in that way on this topic. Yep. That was my final word. I'll just say, uh, read Age of Entitlement. Uh, anybody in your audience that hasn't checked it out should. That's right. Yeah, you mentioned that uh, last caller, maybe one of the prior ones. I should probably check it out. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, thank you, Phil. Have a good thank night. Thank you. Bye, Phil. You too. My freaking chair is falling apart. <laughs> like a screw fell out during oh, no. the call, and here's the armrest. It just like broke <laughs> off. So maybe I can fix that uh, while we listen to the next caller. Insanity trials. Insanity, are you there? I am. What's going on? What's on your mind? Uh, well, um, I've got two that I can't decide between. One is a uh, takeaway from the Kyle trial that yeah. uh, I don't. I haven't. I haven't heard anyone talk about it, at least. And number two is I'm probably going to be moving to Idaho, uh, Boise specifically, very oh, shortly. Cool. It's got some problems. Let's yeah. talk. I, well, I don't know. Are we doing the vote or what What do you? Uh, uh, whatever well, you want. I like the Kyle concept. OK. Um, I'll do the Kyle, and yeah. then we, we can do the Idaho thing really quickly before we let you go. True. Um, so the thing that so I was listening to Ricada's stream. Uh, after the verdict came down and everything, and they were uh, some news outlet was, was uh, interviewing um, Richards, Kyle's lawyer. Oh yeah, and he mentioned how um, he had to put Kyle on the stand because in the state of Wisconsin, I'm not remembering the quote exactly, but this is the idea: um, if it's a crime this severe and you don't put your guy on the stand, you're going to lose. Right, and, and yeah. just as a matter of the stats, or as a you're going to lose basically, like that. It just it plays out that way. Generally, that seemed to be the case. Like basically okay. his point was that they the juries of this area and Wisconsin sort of broadly are kind of just of the mindset that they need to hear it personally from them. They need to hear it and they need to let the prosecutor go at them because, hey, you know, if they didn't do it, then the truth is on their side and so on and so forth. Um, and I actually found that kind of disturbing. Um. Because while it is in a sort of simple and maybe almost naive way, kind of nice that you'd want, you know, they want to hear it from the horse's mouth, right? They want to hear the person defend themselves honestly. Uh, it is kind of just by, uh, like, de facto taking away someone's Fifth Amendment right. Because if if pretty much everyone decides that you have to get on the yeah, stand you or to. you lose then you don't have a fifth amendment right mm-hmm. well i suppose the question too becomes did they all decide that or is it just sort of a subconscious thing that they they all right. they give them a bonus point sort of subconsciously because they identify with that person as uh you know one of them the kid down the street that they that they are neighbors with and they know Something um, like that. I, I imagine that's part of it too. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I mean, you know, those lawyers have all the stats and they've got the experience of the area and they do the mock trials and stuff. Yeah. So I have to assume what he's saying is, is more or less accurate. Um, I mean, I, I would the, like to say if, if I was a juror, I would like to tell you um, it does not matter who presents me the evidence. I'm going to evaluate the evidence regardless of whose mouth it comes from. Even the accused guy. Right. 
But that said, I mean, we are all human too. And there are some of those subconscious evaluations that happen. And even if you're trying to be as objective and fair as possible, I I know if I was on, let's say that I was on Kyle's jury and I had no knowledge of the case beforehand, there would be a part of me that would have a lot of respect for him for having the balls to get up there and take on that prosecutor and defend himself, even though from a purely objective perspective, that shouldn't really matter because the evidence remains the same. Yeah, exactly. Um, Unless, I mean, unless it was a case where there were no witnesses and like you kind of had to hear from the two, maybe. But I mean, that's obviously not what we had here, clearly. Um, So I I guess that just sort of uh, is kind of, to me, uh, uh, reminds me of another potential issue with this kind of thing where people just sort of decide, regardless of law or government, to take people's rights. And that's if, say, like, 90% 90% of all the big chain businesses in the, in the country just restricted all firearm carrying conceal or anything. Hmm. It's like, well, sure. It's not legally taking away your second amendment. Right. But at what point is it just doing that by sort of default? And I think yeah. that's sort of what happened with the Kyle thing here too. And that's just, I just don't know what you do about that. Yeah. That's the trouble. It's like, do you ban defendants from taking the stand in their own? Def- Cause that's a disadvantage to them. Well, also. yeah, you can't do that. So, I mean, you just, I think the status quo is the right answer, which is you are, you have the right not to say a damn thing. You also have the right to get up there and defend yourself if you want to. And, it, um, it I is. think that's probably I, the right answer, even though it comes with some flaws and some considerations. Right. But, but, you know, let's say, if let's say 95% of the time, if, if the, if the uh, defendant doesn't get on the stand, they lose. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, he, but here's my, well, here's my other problem with that stat mm-hmm. though. Sure. Um, what if those cases are slam dunk cases where the defendant right. is in fact guilty? Fair. You might not want to get true. on the stand because you are obviously guilty and there's no benefit to be gained. So I, right. I guess what I'm assuming what I'm saying is all of those cases are not in fact the same as a matter of right. guilt or innocence. So I would hesitate to lump them all together and, and infer too much out of those stats. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I guess it's just a case of if it's true that, you know, say all 12 people on there just decide we need to, we need to hear from them or they lose. Right. That is yeah. a removal of your right. And yeah, you're well, I agree. Right. If you could show no that there was an agreement that. among jurors that said, we're going to punish this guy for not taking the stand, that that mm-hmm. seems like it would be, um, as a matter of process, a problem. But it's just a social consensus, yeah. then yeah. I don't know that there's much uh, Yeah, right. Much that, uh, that's right. If, if all the people in this area are just kind of that way by the local culture that exists there, then there's not really anything to be done about it, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting, though, because um, I agree. I, I, I don't know that that should be a... In an ideal world, that shouldn't necessarily be a major consideration, but yeah, it, at the, it is humans evaluating humans, so that you can't eliminate yeah, all the human element. Yeah. All right. Um, did you want to no. say anything about Idaho quickly before we let you go? Yeah, just um, I guess, Blonde, have you ever been there? Is it is it mm-hmm. nice? I've only been there one day, but I thought it was quite nice for the time that I spent there, and I'm moving there because I've got a work opportunity. Uh, no, I mean it's you're going to be uh in a better situation than you would be in in a blue state but well, Boise is definitely so. well i don't know it depends on what your weather preference is i suppose arizona is actually doing pretty well um but boise has like major 
leftist problems. There are tons of Californians there. Uh, There's a huge blue. It's like the blue city in the red state. Um, and then I think well, they're like one of them out. They're doing uh, a lot of refugee resettlement programs in Boise oh, too. God. Okay. Well, where in um, Arizona are you? Uh, I'm about sixty miles uh, southeast of uh, Phoenix. Oh, okay. In the suburb, basically. I don't know why I even asked. I don't know the fuck all about Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just generic suburban Arizona. You know, nothing nothing crazy. I mean, it's okay. It's nice. The weather it's it's hot as fuck, but you know, you'll probably be in a comparable situation. Mm, I'd say. Okay. Well, well congrats I'll be uh, money up there, so I'll take it. Yeah, congrats on the opportunity. And thank yeah, you. let us know. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Okay, we are due for another break, and this time, seriously, we're not talking about Jordan or Ben. <laughs> but I want to. Let's I don't see. think I've said anything about those two, or I have anything to say about those two that I haven't already said. Yeah, that's um, probably true. We, uh, you know, I think both of our perspective is pretty fleshed out at this point. Kim uh, over on Tippy Stream says, "Heard this from one of my students last week. This is a uh, teacher, Kim, who calls in sometimes. All Hitler wanted was a glass of juice." Not to cast the Jews. I think uh, <laughs> that's the German accent. He was very misunderstood. I know. It was unfortunate. That's so. That's hilarious. Over on uh, DLive, Fedor Mephitis Mephitis. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that correctly, but thank you kindly for your support for the show. It's very much appreciated. Thanks. Incompetent hands. Between the Rasmussen poll, ever-increasing crime rates met with increasing lax enforcement and talk of... Did I read this? Yeah, you read that one. Uh, graveyard shift. Hi, dingers. I just wanted to mention... I got really deep into that before I realized I'd already read it. Um, I just wanted to mention that the world lost Colin Flaherty on the 11th. Ambassador Tracy AUI uploaded his interview with him last week. A must-watch for CTV subscribers. Yes. Hmm. That really bums me out. He uh, did a lot of good work. Was he that was a, the author of Don't Make the Black Kids Angry? I think that's what it was called. Was that a um, new interview? Like as in close to his death or was it? I'm an not sure. Movie? It might have been a re-upload. Let me know. Live hmm. chat. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but we've lost a good one. Uh, Logan Orr. Us Midwesterners aren't perfect, but we're fine as long as you can justify your crime honestly. Uh, is, is that uh, what are we what are we talking about? Is this a callback to Jordan Peterson or is it something else? Oh, is it? I don't know. I don't know the reference. Hmm. I thought he was just making a commentary on uh, the reasonableness of Midwesterners. Oh, is it justify the? Well, I don't know. I'd have to know the context. I don't know um, exactly what we're referencing there. I'm a psychopath. Hi, Matt. I was in your neck of the woods last week and I saw a huge billboard that said make Bozeman Montana again. And it yeah. made me smile. Glad others don't appreciate the liberal infiltration. That's actually about a mile south of my house. That billboard. Um, that, uh, it's, it's south of, um, well, it's heading south on the highway to big sky. It is very close to me right now. In fact, there's just a big red billboard, make Bozeman, Montana again, which has been a, a common saying around here really since, um, since Trump ran what, yeah. uh, six years ago. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is, it's not very Montana anymore, unfortunately. Uh, we're good. All right. I think we're all set. Let me give it a refresh and then we'll, uh, we'll take calls to the bottom of the hour and catch up with your emails as well. Yeah, we're good. Let's, uh, Oh, look who's calling in. It's Batman. Hi. Hello. Hello, sir. What's on your mind? So three weeks out of three. Yeah. 
Well, lucky you. Your randomizer has no power here. <laughs> I, I just trust dangerous spaces, man. Uh, I don't know. I assume that he's not fortifying the roll call, but maybe he is. No, he's not. He was surprised to see me there again. He's too honest of a guy to do that. Yeah. Presumably it was just a statistical fluke. Well, we have had some of those. I always have my eye on Red Falcor, who somehow seems to be improbably lucky. With a, yeah, a I, uh, I I was joking with Dangerous Spaces that I have surpassed him as the um, preeminent cheater on the server. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe. That's neither here nor there. Yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, I was gonna I was gonna go ahead and talk about the um, that Rasmussen poll. Oh um, yeah, sure. I'm not sure if it's been it's been brought up. But, uh, um, just reference briefly, but nobody's really t- discussed it in detail. Okay. Um. So as um. You did a really good video on it, so anybody well, who isn't familiar with um, with that should go and take a look at it. It's a good breakdown, um, you know, complete with all of the um, necessary disclaimers and all of that stuff to sort of iron out where the where the facts really lie. But um, I had brought up in a previous call about how basically all of the um, you know leftists in power are basically. They're, they're you know they're all pedos they're all people who destroy children in one manner yeah. or another um i laugh because it's true i'm not even dismissing it it's like the more you see it you see it over time why are there so many powerful pedophiles yeah uh and now there's this where it's not just the people in power it's their voter base they're all evil so what the fuck are we supposed to do <laughs> yeah what's um I uh, I was talking with Blonde before we went live because I've I've since Christmas I got into Yellowstone, the show, and John Dutton mm. in one of the his third or fourth season he has a great line it's about um, you can't reason with evil you can yeah. only confront it and kill it and I'm speaking metaphorically Susan, but I thought that was really uh, I mean there's a lot of truth to that it, it, if 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 you don't have a moral core that will limit you and stop you from this sort of outrageous abuse that's talked about in that poll. I mean, what am I supposed to do? You're talking about coming to my house to take my kids because what, I won't let you stab me. (laughs) And I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to defeat you with my words. Now I would love to, and I'm doing the best that I can at that. He's trying. But when you are talking about taking me away from my house, splitting up my family, I'm sorry. There's a role for the, the the role for reason has expired at that point, and that's not my fault. I gave it every shot that I could. It was you who violated those moral standards and moral norms, and yeah, I, I that's why you uh, that's why you keep um, a set of supplies and preparations for such eventualities. <laughs> because yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna reason your way out of that situation. You're right. Well, and the sheer number was what was truly baffling to me, right? So self-identified Democrats, and let's be perfectly honest, if Rasmussen went to somebody and said, hey, are you a Democrat? And the person they're asking was a Democrat, they're not going to self-identify as anything other than a Democrat. They're proud of it. They display it on, you know, their giant rainbow flags outside their house. They're afraid that you don't know what their opinion is. So we can, I, I think we can be relatively certain that, that the margin for error there is relatively low, right? Because that's the well, sort of person that votes left. 
Well, that's interesting. Uh, you tell me. Uh, I I read that poll and thinking, okay, this is Rasmussen. They tend to skew conservative. Maybe this is overrepresenting the loonies in the Democrat Party. But the, what you're saying is, you you tell me. Maybe I'm interpreting you wrong. Maybe it actually underrepresents. Maybe there are more Democrats who do believe those crazy things and actually didn't say it. Probably that is what I'm. That is what I'm. Um... That is kind of what I'm referring to. I think my, okay. my argument was more that um, it's more or less accurate or likely to be more or less accurate um, because, I mean, they specified people who self-identify as Democrats, yeah. right? But the kind of people who vote Democrat are the sorts of people who want to make sure that you know that they believe the right thing. Yeah, that's true. So if they call a Democrat, and they ask, are you a Democrat? That person is going to proudly tell them, yes, I vote the correct way. Observe my virtue signal. <laughs> I, I envision right? I mean, that, them. I envision a, a pink hair crazy speaking with your voice. And it's so <laughs> perfect because it's so forceful and proud. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, um, I have not given myself the shy, the, the side shave and gotten yeah. super fat and dyed my hair pink or purple yeah. or not red yet at or, least. yeah yet being the operative phrase i mean eventually we're all gonna have to do it to blend in <laughs> this will be that'll be the tactical move later is uh it'll be yeah, like growing that, a beard right. in it's, afghanistan be, man you want to blend in with the taliban you gotta have that's the fake right hair. It'll, be, it'll be degenerate faggot camouflage <laughs> <laughs> I think you are close. That's not even that absurd. It's not that crazy. I think you're onto something there. Well, um, we're all going to have to let our looks go to shit, but hey, <laughs> it'll be tactical. Tactical obesity coming right up. That's man. Right. I never thought I'd see the day, but here we are. Yeah, that's right. Uh, ballistic diabetes. <laughs> All right. The only um, difficulty with that is the fact that uh, you know, after a little while there, your toes end up in blondes, uh, blondes jar. <laughs> yep. Yeah. This went in a very different direction than I thought it was. Going this, to. That's, that's <laughs> a great call, man. That's, that's, that's the hardest I've laughed all night. So thank you for that. Um, <sighs> any any final thoughts on the poll or anything else before we let you go? Um, the my final thought will basically be: last week, the entire premise of my call was to come in and. Um, basically say we do too much infighting uh we need to try getting along more um mm -hmm. and then immediately after i was uh, dropped back into the uh the room there um i got into a fight with somebody and told them to <laughs> go fuck themselves so uh i guess none of us are perfect and uh you know we well in fairness we, uh, we you were we dropped can. into a discord room uh, you can't avoid conflict in a discord yeah room. I, you get a moment. Uh, there's there's an extent to which I think that's true. Um, yeah, and I don't necessarily think I was really in the wrong to uh, tell him to sit and spin, but um, <laughs> I I just you know I, I should have handled that better. And, all right. Uh, well, if that was you, you know, we all got to work on ourselves, right? That sounds like a Batman apology to whoever you are in the waiting room. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, man. All right. You all have a good night. You as well. You do. Do you have any um, other thoughts about that that poll? Were you surprised at all that number? So it's like half of Democrats support these insane. Does that surprise you or? No, hmm. they've moved so far to the left. I remember when being a Democrat was just, you know, about 
it was classical liberalism in the in, in a truer sense, but now it's just communism. So I'm I'm pretty sure it's actually higher. The true rate's higher. It might be. I mean, to me, it's it's even beyond um, like a political division. It's it's such self righteousness, such being so strongly convinced of your own moral virtue that you actually abandon morality that you give yourself license to abuse other people in any way that you see fit because after all they're the bad guys right i don't think that they're relying on their individual sense of morality you can only think that way when you um operate within this collective intelligence and then Hmm. you have that fortification of other people yeah if they were actually highly individualistic they'd be more questioning wouldn't they um there's a lot of group thing going on. I would hope. I, I just can't imagine a situation like, all right, um, who who are my biggest political enemies? Probably the actual communists. I don't like yeah. them. I think they're I think they're not just politically wrong. I think they have a fundamental inversion of morality. I think that their worldview is morally wrong, evil. But do I think that I'm justified to go take their kids from them? Do yeah. I think that I'm justified to imprison them on account of their ideology or even some of their behaviors that I may not like dude. that is so far beyond any moral decency. I can't imagine it. I, and well, I can't, uh, to be fair, like when I look at this, all this tranny nonsense, I'm like, perhaps these children would be better off as wards of the state. And they look upon us yeah. in the same way. That's true. And that's why every time that, con- that concept comes up, it's very difficult to navigate because do I think that there's all sorts of child transition stuff that is legitimate child abuse? Yeah. Um, am I really cautious about advocating or wanting state or forceful intervention on that stuff? Yeah, because I know that those same standards will be turned around and used against us. And it's yeah. it's very difficult to set those objective lines to make sure that yeah. the abuse is properly addressed while maintaining um, respect for what is probably... I don't know if it's the most sacred relationship in life, but one of life's most sacred, the parent-child relationship. You don't have respect for that as a society. You are doomed to fail. Yeah, I mean, uh, but from my perspective, it's just like these children are are being thrown into the path of of um, confusion for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And I'm sure there's going to be there's a high rate of sexual abuse in these weird tranny households and stuff like that. It's like, what do we do about people like that? I hope weird tranny household makes it onto the census one day. For real. <laughs> All right. The U.S. is uh, 20% weird tranny households. Well, I, saw, I think it was slightly offensive because I follow him on Instagram. But um, yeah, I saw this like household where the mom was transitioning to be a man. And then the, I think the father had transitioned Ugh. to be a, something weird like that. Yeah. And then they had a kid together. And then the, they, the kid was transitioning also. Yeah. Like a young child. I'm like, may God smite these people and society well, for allowing us for allowing this I mean, to happen i mean shouldn't we be protective over these over these children and that's how they view us as racist and that's well and and just abusers of others in the form of not being vaccinated in the context of this poll yeah they would say that the transition of a child the physiological alteration of that child in the form of hormones or even surgery or whatever else that that is not abuse but the individual's decision not to take a certain uh, vaccination, medical is treatment. Is abuse against whatever, society. That that's an abuse against society. And that, mm. uh, yeah. that is a weird um, circle to square. That's a but weird we set of standards. But if we create this precedent for 
taking the children, even though it might be the, the moral right, it, it just creates this horrible precedent that they'll use against unvaccinated people. Hmm. So the proper answer is to fend, uh, to fund the Desmond Defense Fund when Desmond fixes it himself. Yeah, I mean, does wouldn't you be so mad? I, I hope he kills his parents because <laughs> what they've done to him is just, Susan. I mean, what they've done to him is just... It's just unforgivable. He's probably been passed around sexually in so many gay male circles. Speaking by of, the age can, of 12. can we get a Desmond welfare check? Haven't heard a lot from Desmond recently. I, yeah, for I, real. It's because he's aged he's, out of this, these pedo, yeah, these maybe. faggot pedo rings. They're like, oh, he's 13 now. He's too old. Well, from one cheater to the next, Red Falcor. Yeah. I just name dropped you, dude, because we're getting suspicious of Batman. And then here you are. <laughs> And here you are. Here I am. Uh, how was your conversation with uh, Doctor Blackpill this evening? That's good. Uh, he, he, you know, he was a little cheerier. He was very funny tonight. So he, I would say he was a little cheerier than normal. Yeah, me and uh, Dangerous Spaces were watching you laugh because we couldn't hear the conversation. <laughs> yeah, he had a lot um, of uh, he had a lot of good lines. Good, good. Yes, yeah. He's a he's a friend of mine, and uh, um, I. Uh, have uh had an image of my mind you know i want to put this out to the discord in case anybody wants to do a uh a, some comic book art in our honor or something of like batman and red falcor together ah. right which uh kind of implies that i'm playing second fiddle to him but that's such a cool idea to me that i you know that i want to pitch it anyway yeah <laughs> yeah I, i'd like to see it if people if anyone wants to do the artwork you can send it my way and i will uh i'll put it up on the show for all to see Oh, that'd be great. So tonight in the chat, we were uh, talking about, um, you know, how like the big cities uh, st- uh, tend to rule, despite, you know, the Electoral College, uh-huh. as Dangerous Spaces pointed out. Um, the big cities tend to have like all the money and power and the concentrated population and a way different sensibility than most of the sur- surface area of the country certainly uh if you know if not the population of the country um and how do we break through to that how do we pitch a conservative lifestyle or mindset to a big city where everybody lives so close together and you know you can hear all the noises through your neighbor's walls and you might be more inclined to call for control uh-huh. On that basis alone, plus you have your sidewalks and you have the super in your building and you have things taken care of for you. You know, you're not getting up at 4 a.m. to tend to the crops or, or or even just to feed your dogs. Yeah. Right. So you, so that that creates a very different kind of mind. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there are ways to pitch the conservative way of thinking to two dense populations where there might be more jobs for example uh, per square mile at least not necessarily per capita well ideally um, we would be able to resurrect conservative thinking within the context of urban environments i don't really take issue specifically with urban environments um i actually quite like living in cities uh it's just the the thought policing that goes on. And then when the, when you have a leftist government in an urban environment, it descends into this, this hellish 
there's like a, an underclass that is uh, just harassing you on a daily basis. Like the, if if we could indoctrinate these people in a positive way, we it would be a, a good urban environment. People have been living in urban environments, you know, for millennia. Right. And that's the whole thing is the indoctrination piece. Like, you know, the left has had control of K through 12 for quite some time, which is where a lot of this starts and what a lot of parents are starting to notice and uh with all the uh school meetings and such that have gotten such uh, national attention now because the the kids are finally home and they can see what's being taught over the screen on zoom and it would be it would be good i think to to realize that wanting to be left alone is not enough of a value anymore it's not a value at all right right but it's what many conservatives argue for they're like we just want to be left alone yeah i i would say what's implied by the the value of being left alone is that you believe that you are the best solver of problems in your own life so if i had to alter that value a little bit that's the flip side of it that i would emphasize and 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 I don't know. When I talk to people, talk to friends of mine who maybe don't agree, that's a, that's sort of a selling point that I make. Do you really believe that there's somebody out there who has your family's best interest more at heart than you do, or somebody who knows more or knows better how to solve your family's problems than you do? Than you do. There might yeah. be people who are perfectly willing to help, and they're perfectly nice people, and they're well motivated, and we should be well connected, and we should be willing to help each other. But at the end of the day. Who's solving that problem first and best? It's you. And if you want the ability to do that with maximum effectiveness, you have to preserve that freedom and you have to respect other people's rights and abilities to solve those problems for themselves too. So, um, yeah. And and then that's like when you talk about the be left alone philosophy, be left alone to do what? And what that relies on is, is people of a strong moral core, strong moral purpose to build quality lives for themselves if you're left alone to eat doritos and smoke weed you know um it might not be my place to intrude on that but it's not necessarily the best life for you to live it's on you to achieve that and you're the best person to do it and maybe part of that value is looking in on your neighbors for example because i think to kind of straw man the left's position you know they're worried about uh some kid who goes to public school and is getting the shit kicked out of them at home. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden that kid is getting homeschooled and having the shit kicked out of them all day long because we, we decided public school is a bad idea. Like there are, are worse things in some contexts than force community. Yeah. But, but it should be, you know, at the very least culturally enforced to keep an eye on the people around you. Even, even the ones not in your own household, perhaps. Yeah. And um, uh, la- lastly, I'll say I uh, p- p- posted this to Facebook today and got no response, but but I thought it was clever. Um, c- c- kind of unrelated to the previous topic, maybe, which okay. is uh, two questions I posed. One, what is a woman? And two, what is a Republican? And how do your answers to those two questions 
uh, what do they tell you about your specific flavor of groupthink? Because if you say, well, I don't know, on the first one, would you really say, well, I don't know, on the second one? Yeah. Despite the fact that the second one is less well-defined. Yeah. It's <laughs> so. an interesting point. Yeah. Ah. All right, well, guys. Uh, that's it for me. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Okay, we're probably uh, get last word here. We're right up against the bottom of the hour. So, uh, Mr. Short N-Word is going to get last call. Mr. Short N-Word, you there? I am. Hello there. How are you guys doing? Uh, We are all right. What's on your mind? Good. I I wanted to hear your guys' opinion and your arguments for, or like, I guess more so your arguments against becoming a player as a male individual. Oh, okay. A player as in uh, a, a promiscuous man? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Um, uh, for and against both of us? I would. Uh, well, I assume you guys would be against, so I'd, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd like to hear the, the against argument that you guys would have, I guess. Okay. Um, promiscuity is, is damaging for the soul of men, too. People think that it's just damaging for women, but um, it's really not. I mean, it, any pursuit of worldly pleasure is going to damage you spiritually. You'll find yourself unsatisfied. And then you'll also, in the same way that women are unable to pair bond after having, you know, many partners, uh, that happens to, to men as well. The people that are in the best marital situations are typically people that have only been with each other or been with few other people. There's not a lot of point of comparison. In terms of uh, pro arguments, you will learn a lot about the nature of women but maybe that's a con argument too, because do you really want to know? Do you really need to know? <laughs> you need to know about the nature of your woman and that's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, you'll just no, grow jaded. The situation that I see here is, you know, I live in a leftist city here. I go out, out meet some, you know, nice ladies as in their personalities. All right. But they're definitely a bunch of like lefties and stuff. And I don't exactly see necessarily a future because like i was talking to this one lady and she's like yeah i definitely don't want to have kids you know what's the point did you bang her exactly exactly so like what's the point (laughs) why should i and like why should i so it's either it's like involuntary celibate because i'm just waiting for like a conservative gal who matches my values or i can just be a player and just meet a bunch of ladies around here Right, well, but I think that find anything that enriches your life. And I think that ultimate goal goal for you remains the same because yeah. I, you tell me, but I don't think that you're going to be content long term with just playing the field forever. And I don't think that's really what you want. Or, well, that's do, true, but I'll also be dissatisfied in the short term. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, it's a yeah. I'm it's, waiting around. Sure, um, I get that. But um, to me, it's just a question of what is the purpose of sex ultimately? Is the purpose of sex purely a, a pleasure uh, experience or is the purpose of sex uh, the production of children? And if the answer is the latter, most importantly, then that is also the reason that it's most important to stay committed to your wife. Because at that point, your purpose is providing the best life for that child that you possibly can. You do that with a commitment to his mother. and. That's why 
the, the playing the field forever is um is not the path to take it's it's not it, it's it's a path that uh isn't just the proper moral course but it but it doesn't lead to your own happiness either i don't i don't Rouge know anybody v is the man that yeah. needs to answer these questions if you're not mm. reading rushvi's blog you're you're missing out he has yeah. the answers here and um i, I even, never paid attention to rushvi i've I've, 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 uh, I watched the one interview that you've had with him, but that was the first time I've ever heard of him. Rushvi's uh, a fantastic intellect. He's, he's greatly underestimated in this community because he used to be this, this monster hedonistic piece of shit. Yeah. MRA, MRA guy. I almost said MRNA. <laughs> but MRA I, guy. I would, yeah. I would but say he's that converted. ours is like the opposite in the sense that it looked, I, I you know, I've always been a relationship kind of guy, pretty committed to whoever lady that I'm seeing at the time. Yeah. And, and you know, planning for a future and everything. And, you know, it, it's failed in the past. And now I'm now I'm more on the black pill side, right? you know, the MGTOW side right? of being like, well, if this is what's out there, then kind of like, screw it, you know, just do whatever kind of deal yeah but that's that's such a you're giving up so much of yourself in this pursuit yeah and my, my worry is that regardless of which path you choose whether you choose to play the field or you choose to wait it out for the right one you're gonna be similarly unhappy and seeking this the same goal anyway you're still gonna be seeking yeah. uh marriage you're still gonna be seeking right. kids you might temporarily trick yourself otherwise for the night uh, for a moment of fun. But a week it's later, the what's same, yeah. what's the difference? Like You're a just week gonna later, feel bad you... about yourself. You're trying to fill a spiritual void. Are you Christian? Uh, I'd say I'm, I'm a spiritualist, not necessarily a Christian, but a spiritual well, guy. Well, when people are, are looking for, when people are hedonistic, they're often trying to find a solution a, a mortal solution to spiritual and eternal problems that that could be filled uh i don't know through philosophy through through god and maybe that's the avenue that you need to explore because you're not going to find it through women and through sex it's, how, it's how old happen. are you can i ask i am almost 29 okay, okay. you're still as far as uh, men go you're still on the younger side yeah. I didn't have it figured out. I had not met my wife when I was 29. Um, and so it, it, I was in a similar spot, you know, around that time of my life, blonde trying to help me through it where it's like the, the, the entire market sucks. Yeah. Um, this is borderline you impossible. You only need one woman. You just you know? need one. Yeah. And I married my husband when he was 38. Yeah. So yeah. I know it, I, I, I've been in, I totally understand the spot where you feel hopeless and the months kind of pass by and you feel like you're not making any progress. But I can tell you that when you stay aimed in the right direction, it does work out and, and there is a well, better future like for you at the moment. And I just don't like, there was a period where I was looking for somebody and mm -hmm. now at the moment I'm more like, like, okay, well, I can focus on more of a career or something else and then just you can do that. That's great. Yeah. Focusing on yourself. That's how the women will follow. Ramsey Paul always says this. He's like, focus on yourself and your interests and what satisfies and brings peace and joy to you. And women are attracted to that kind of yep. confidence. And um, 
would you mind telling us what city you're in? Can you? Uh, yeah, I can. And but, well, it's like Calgary, Alberta. Okay. Oh, oh you, God. You ha- no, no. Alberta is pretty conservative place, can- Canada wise. Yeah, yeah. Canada wise. What does that even but, mean? No, there's a lot. Well, it's not. Ontario. Yeah, that's it's, that's true, but yeah. it's like any large metropolitan city, yeah. especially when you live like right smack in the middle kind of deal. I've heard Calgary's pretty cool, but I've never been. Seriously? There. Yeah. I'm just thinking Canada. I mean, I don't I, know. I mean, there there have got to be other women out there like you. Yeah. There are. There's plenty, like there's plenty of women. That's not the issue. Okay. But, like you though. <laughs> but even that, if you're feeling black pilled, like you say, just if you're feeling like you want to give up on the state of the market right now. You build the best version of yourself that you can, and Blonde's right. They they will find you. Yeah. For all of my searching four years ago, as hard as we searched, as hard as I tried, as many times as I failed, what happened for me was my wife just showed up in my life one day, and it was yes. because I stayed focused on building what I have. Exactly. And then don't be afraid of going long distance, too. I, had a, I have a friend that shall remain unnamed who recently um, got an email from somebody in another country and they just really hit it off and then they uh, just got married. And Yeah. yeah. You, you know, make the best version of you and she will come along, I guarantee you. And well, widen that, your that, circle. That was the issue, which is uh, I was living abroad. It, I was dating somebody abroad and then hmm. and long distance didn't work out from their end, not my end. Yeah. And uh you're just discouraged. You're no, still a young man. You can you can do this. Don't go the don't try to bang your way out of the situation. It's not going to help. Okay. Well, Godspeed, man. Thank you for the call. You got it. Yeah. And Thanks uh for words of advice and whatnot. Yeah, I, I have faith have that you'll figure it out. I think you got the right ideas at heart. So have a great night. You too. Okay. Uh Casey, your guy Casey in Coeur d'Alene is still hanging out. And, oh, uh, Casey, so, let's take give him a quick. quick last word. Yeah. All right, Casey. Uh, thank you for hanging out. We'll give you Hi, a, uh, a quick last word before we uh, stop calls tonight. Oh, hey, cool. I snuck it under the radar. Hey, yeah. Hi. Well, we have a soft spot. We probably should have moved on, but. Oh, you can bump me. I'll be quick then. No, I just wanted to say it's a great show tonight. I really enjoyed uh, Joe Kell and Drift Rock and, and Batman and Red Falcor. And uh, Drift Rock kind of stole my thunder. I was going to talk about how I'm. um intellectually aligned with, uh, with, with blonde is black being black pill, but I'm more hmm. like a, my, my general default is white pilled spiritually and how I have navigate around life. That is an interesting combo. You're right. He is are... very, very positive. Um, yeah. did I tell you about the pep talk he gave me in the grocery store the other day? No, I would like to hear the story though. Can I tell the story, Casey? Do you care? Uh, yeah, I think we, yeah, that's fine. I'm not embarrassed. So Kate, I ran into Casey at the grocery store and he was just asking me about like, you know, what's going on in my life and everything like that. And then I started talking about how I'm trying to have another baby and, and how I'm so stressed out. And like, I just don't want to go through it all again because my pregnancy and birth was so traumatic. I'm just sobbing in the grocery store. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. It was really bad. But he, he gave, you know, he told me like some really, some really smart things about keeping stress low and waiting until the spring and being positive and focusing on the things that I have. And it was like one of those conversations where everything he said was just exactly what I needed to hear at that moment. And I felt so calm. And then I had a great day and it was just, that really meant a lot to me, Casey. I I really appreciated that. Yeah. That's, that's really sweet. And that's honestly what I was kind of like going to talk about is just, you know, um, having that type of conviction. It's a muscle having to go, and I remember when I first started calling you guys, when I moved up here to North Idaho, 
is that, you know, I was sprinting a marathon and part of that, it was just effectively injecting myself in this community and really try, it doesn't cost yeah. anything yeah. to be friendly and smile, give an extra tip to the, per, you know, um, and generate goodwill. Just, you know, it's free and everybody can do it. You just have to use it like you're going to the gym. Yeah. And now, you know, every single person that lives in town. Almost, almost there. I'm going to be the mayor <laughs> next year. Wow. Well, thanks well, for calling, Casey. Sure. I love you guys. Have a we great night too. and have a great uh, show. Bye. Well, thank you for uh, your call and your patience, Casey. Always good to hear from you. Okay, bye now. Have a good night. All right, that'll do it on calls tonight. Appreciate the patience of all the callers. And uh, if you did not make it in or you're having trouble getting in uh, or you can't call in live, but you'd like to participate, you can, of course, send us a email question. And you can do that through the contact page of the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. There's a call-in show question form there for you. And we'll respond to those at the end of the stream each and every week as we will right now. Charlie says, do you drive stick in Europe? Old people and nervous women drive automatics. I'm resistant to driving an electric car because I I find having no gear shift takes all the joy out of driving. Also, with less to do, I worry... uh, that a lot of people will fall asleep at the wheel. I do drive manual and I will never go back unless I have to. It is the proper way. I drive an automatic, but I can drive a manual. And my last car was a manual. Mm. So they're so, um, they're just not common anymore. I know there's a lot of shit. Uh, there's no pun intended, but there's a lot of shifts to CVTs, which have like paddle shifters and different modes. Yeah. And that's fine. But you know, just the experience of the clutch and the shifter. You can't do it in Seattle though. Oh, of course you can, but you got to have the, you can, but you don't want to, I just don't want to park like left-hand parallel park on a hill. Like that sounds like a, a lot of the newer cars, like my car has a, a hill assist that makes starting and starting on a hill. Not that bad. Oh, okay. Um, but, you know, every once in a while, it's like you sort of forget what you're doing. Or I was driving. Uh, we had it was me and my wife and the baby and we had just gotten groceries and someone pissed me off. Like, I forget exactly who or what. I think the baby was screaming. So I was just in a bad state of mind. And we had to start from a red light. And I just I let the clutch slip or whatever. And it just like we're. <laughs> We're just bumping down the street. I look like a total jackass. Every once in a while, you sort of mess up or slip up and you kill the car or you do something silly. And and then I always feel like, I swear I know how to drive these. That doesn't happen very commonly. But (laughs) that's the only downside is you can get some moments of embarrassment. But the driving experience is so much better. And um, if you got a car with any power out of it, just the... The just practicing not just your shifts, but the timing of your shifts to get it just at the right RPM and get the most power out of your car. Oh, man, it's the best. And I'll never go back. It is really fun. And every once in a while when I travel and I have to rent a car or I have to borrow a car, uh, you get that phantom clutch foot. And I've definitely hit the brake accidentally. Or like because you slow down with the with the gears. Uh, Yeah. When I switched to automatic, I was like nearly rear ending people for like an hour. You know, so uh, God willing, I will never go back. But the car market is uh, is leaving appreciators of the manual transmission behind. Unfortunately, yep, yep. Heavy D's Heavy D. Also, DeSantis has led the way on really good legislation like anti-vaccine mandate legislation and Stop Wronging Our Kids and Employees Act, Stop Woke Act. 
Providing school distracts the option to conceal Carrie, fire that shit Parkland Broward Sheriff Scott Israel. Future what-if dystopian films will stop using what-if Nazis won World War II and we'll start using what-if Chillum uh, <laughs> won Florida over DeSantis. Uh, Matt, what yeah. are your thoughts on DeSantis? Um, I, d- I don't have a problem with him. I'm neither like a, a big DeSantis fan nor a hater. Um, I think he's yeah. done, obviously I think he's done a good job with Florida, certainly compared to the rest of the country with Corona ins- uh, insanity. So I'll give him a lot of credit there. Because he hasn't, um, he's, he's, his instincts were to side with freedom and he wasn't shy about defending that. And that's going to earn my respect. Do I think he's the most compelling personality? Mm, Maybe not. I don't know that he's the most inspirational fire up the crowd kind of guy. I don't know that he has the, the Trumpy one liners. Although I have seen him stand up to the media here. He he does do that when he has to. So I I have to credit him for that too. I think that was fake. Really? I think that one was a hoax, but I don't know. Um, I was so excited. I'm not the greatest DeSantis expert. I don't know everything he's done in Florida. If you ask me to vote for DeSantis or Biden, I know how I would vote. Is he my number one pick? Hmm. If I I had my pick of the candidates right now, it'd probably be um, Rand Paul. Yeah, me too. I'm certainly open and inclined to be supportive of a DeSantis candidacy if that's how it works out. Recovering Trumper says, I was a big fan of Trump, but his latest interviews and rallies are very sad. He is big pharma vac salesman now. His ego won't let him stop, stop talking about the uh, uh, about Operation Warp Speed, the vaccine development. Operation Warp Speed helped lead to the tyrannical vaccine mandates. Is it? It is making me consider voting third party if he manages to win the 2024 primary. What are your thoughts? Well, I did hear him saying things to this effect where... Not only was he taking credit for the vaccine development, which I don't have a problem with necessarily if we lived in a world where people who wanted this could have it because getting it developed for the people that want it. I don't necessarily have a problem with that's great. But his point was, we're not going hard enough on taking credit for the vaccines to the point of the to the point of the emailer here. That was his point was we have to make our development of the vaccines, uh, a source of campaign pride. And it's like, that's too far for me, dude. Yeah. yeah. Shut I'm up, not, man. Yeah. I, I don't want to jump on this. Like, isn't the vaccine awesome bandwagon? Because it's clearly not that if you think it's awesome, I fully support your free decision to go get it, but it's clearly not that awesome. It clearly has a lot of, uh, function flaws. So, yeah, I, and I just don't think it's going to convince anybody who's going to be convinced to vote against Joe Biden because the vaccine is awesome and it was made by Trump. It's just not yeah. going to pull people to the polls. Yeah. And it wasn't yeah. made by Trump. I mean, it was facilitated by, but like, yeah, that can't, that, that cannot possibly be a positive campaign point. Like this is a, this is a disaster. This is an authoritarian disaster. Why would you want to take credit for that? Like the things that I love about Trump are, they're always overridden by this boomer nonsense, these mm. boomer nonsense tendencies, like the showboating and stuff. Trump has served his purpose for us. He was a dismal failure. Um, I was also a big fan, but like we we can't do this again. I do not have another Trump presidency in me. I'm not going to vote for him again. It's going to be very interesting to see how this shakes out with reference to the last question. Uh, is there DeSantis-Trump cooperation? <laughs> is there... 
Is Trump going to roll in wanting everybody to kiss that ring? Will they have to kiss the ring? They, Of course they will. He needs everybody to lick his butthole before he gets anything done. Somebody in the live chat just said, Trump opposed the deep state by appointing deep staters. Isn't that that the issue? Trump is a swamp creature. We, we wanted to act like he was some outsider, but we, we forgot that he was a billionaire playboy who's always been part of the scene. It's like the, all these people are one and the same. DeSantis, Trump, these people are all going to be the same. We're never going to have outside well, representation. I would agree with that want. insofar as the power entrenched in D.C. is just it's simply too big. There is no yeah. person who can fix that. Yeah. Um, it, the best you could hope for is the election of a Congress who starts actually dismantling that power centralization. The yeah. worst that could result from that is the power keeps centralizing until uh, the course correction happens. Right. And exactly. um, I don't you know, but but yeah, I I would agree with you that the system is is or the the concentration of power is is too significant for any one person to undo that. No I mean, how much worse you. off would be we be right now if Hillary Clinton had been president? Oh, We're I think screwed either are, way. I think you are quite a bit worse off. Um, only only in the immediate future, though, it would have just accelerated four years what is already coming, which is a complete society. Well, maybe. Collapse. I mean, we'll have to see how these uh, how these upcoming elections go. One thing that would be drastically different: uh, you you would absolutely have seen a different ruling from the court on the vaccine issue. You definitely. I decision hasn't come out yet, but I'll speculate. You'd see a drastically different decision from the Hillary Clinton court on the forthcoming abortion issue. And I know I just talked about how awful it is that there's so much power centralization in DC. And here I am saying, well, at least we hold that power center. I know that whole system kind of sucks, but I do think that the consequences of a Hillary presidency would have been um, worse in a lot of tangible ways than, than Trump. That's true. Richard, uh, Richard Spencer. Spencer's punchable face. I reckon you both would agree with the assertion that it is now not only a right, but a moral duty to disobey unjust laws. So I ask you, what defines an unjust law? That's a difficult question. I think it's a law that that uh, violates your natural rights. And I know yeah. that sounds sort of um, sort of general or sort of ambiguous, but but if you start with the premise that we have the unalienable rights to life, liberty and property infringements on those things are where that that unjust or immoral law starts and is there a lot of gray area there yeah um there is so you really got to take a long discussion to iron all of that out but what is an unjust law it's a law that is contrary to the natural law of the world the sort of objective morality that exists out there that's what an unjust law is and you have to decide what is priority is our allegiance and our priority to man-made laws or is our allegiance or priority to the natural laws of the universe as whoever created it, created it. Yeah. I think that there's a higher moral framework, an objective moral framework and anything that is, um, anything that is created by man that's contrary to that is going to be unjust and ought not to be obeyed. Yep. Oh, the next one's me, isn't it? Okay. Uh, David Maloney. My question is for Blonde. Uh, what do you think about ANR relationships? I don't know what this is. I don't know what that is either. I'll have to Google it. Let me see if we can find out. ANR relationships. Uh, for people see. Okay. Adult breastfeeding? Ew. <laughs> is this real? Uh, well, I have. Uh, what the hell? Okay. I need a definition here. What is. Okay. About. This is ANR relationships. Or anrelationships.com. 
Yeah, it says breast admiration or worship social community for like-minded people looking to find. Oh, no. I, I don't, okay, you're looking to find very busty women or breast in general. The hell does that mean? Just big, big bust size? No. Or is it feeding? No, this is so gross. Uh, I've never heard of this. But I wanted I want the specific definition. Do you have one? Uh, no. Adult I, I nursing to... relationship. That's what it means. Yeah. Okay. I assume it's when you're breastfeeding the person, right? How does that even work, though? Can you? Well, you tell me another. I, I don't understand the physiology here. If you have not, if you are not pregnant slash have not given birth, can you still stimulate milk production? No. So how do you do it? Why do we have to talk about it? It feels so gross. I don't know. You must, this must be a pregnancy thing. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We can leave it there. I don't mean to go too far into this. Your answer is no. To <laughs> All right. John says, uh, Matt and blonde, what are your thought patterns? If any, okay. What about your thought patterns? If any, would you remain from your days as pinko commies? Matt, don't say your raw, uncompromising hatred of Bill Murray that's too obvious an answer i was compromising no. by the way now you guys have just made me hate groundhog day i was very compromising with Groundhog day ps uh, blonde i once made love just kidding i'm a redhead who can't grow a full beard and i'm under six aw. feet tall well, you're done yeah you're dead to me um i have i carried anything i don't know i was never really that much of a pinko i wouldn't say that i was a pinko commie i i would say that i used to believe in a naive way that um everybody can and will make good on opportunity there are just some places that lack opportunity and the government can do a good job of providing opportunity where the market does not that's foolishness there's lots of people who want nothing more than to sit around and take what others are um not just willing to give them what they can take from others by force using government as the tool to do that so that that was the (coughs) the naivete the that's such an awkward word naiveness of my prior days but what what stuck around well i've always been uncompromising on the issue of free speech because truth is of the highest value what is the mechanism to find the truth it is the open battle of ideas facilitated through the value of free speech and once i saw these people start betraying that I'll never forget the moment. I've cited it a million times, but I watched when Trump's speech in spring 2016 got shut down by force in Chicago and all the lefties were celebrating it. And there's naive me thinking, well, wait, I thought we were the free speech team. I don't like Trump, but what are we doing? Shutting down political speeches by force. And down go the dominoes because they're wrong about that. So what else are they wrong about? They're wrong about that. What about that? What about that? That's how it all started. So, And how do you carry anything from that mentality once you realize that they were wrong about so much? Yeah. And then here we are. But if there's one thing that has not changed in my mind as a fundamental value, it it is the concept of free speech. The only way it maybe has changed. No, I don't even want vengeance censorship at this point. These people are so awful that they tempt me with vengeance censorship sometimes. (laughs) But no, I don't, I'm not going to buckle on it. And I haven't, I, at least I don't think I have. Okay. Do you have any uh, thoughts about uh, your prior days? No, I've, I haven't carried, I was never much of a pinko, but I, I haven't really carried much uh, hmm. from that. Um, my libertarian attitudes. Yeah. I've pretty much shed all of them. Hmm. 
This is Rick. Are you guys familiar with the concept of um, henotheism or monolatry? It's like polytheism in that it acknowledges the existence of multiple lesser gods, but huh. it's also like monotheism in that it advocates the worship of a single god only. An interesting debate is whether the Old Testament is purely monotheistic. If it is, then where did Pharaoh's magicians derive their powers from? Where did the witch of Endor get her powers of necromancy from? I don't know. I'm not familiarized enough with the Old Testament to even answer this question. I have no familiarity with this concept. Yeah, this is the first I've heard of it. Looking at the definition here, it, yeah, it's adherence to one particular god out of several, especially by a family, tribe, or other group. So it's a, it's maybe a belief in polytheism, yeah. multiple gods, but you adhere to one of them primarily or exclusively. Right. I, I'm the wrong guy to ask about that. I have no idea. Sorry, we're this is useless. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Thank you for the question. Wish I could offer you more, but I would be 100% making up some bullshit and pretending like I know anything about that. Me too. Blonde with balls. What was the, was the heart seller act unconstitutional? Man, you guys are making the, uh, the Google work overtime tonight. I'll Google this. It's and the immigration it's, act. Oh of yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I, well, I don't know. The constitution doesn't really say anything about uh, limiting immigration. Isn't that one of the inherent problems with the constitution that it didn't specifically outline uh, that, that we shouldn't do these things. I mean, and also that's a lot of pressure on the constitution to, 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 to distinctly outline all of the things that we can and cannot do uh, within the society. Um, is it unconstitutional? I, I probably not. I don't know the basis on which it would be. It's up to Congress to decide immigration policy. I don't know the specifics of all of this. So if there's some provision of this that conflicts with another portion of the Constitution, but as far as Congress's ability to set that policy, I don't, I don't yeah. see why that wouldn't be constitutionally square. Um, I'd have to I'd have to know the specifics or what the theory of unconstitutionality would be. I, I don't know. So I'll probably have to punt on that one, too. Um but even on the topic of constitutional definition, it, it still could be. I mean, you could amend the Constitution to give it a specific immigration policy if you wanted to. Yeah. Kind of too late for that, isn't it? I, I would agree of um, of all the things that are within the federal government's very limited role. Obviously, immigration is going to be in that role. That's not something that uh, you're not going to look to Arizona to manage the border with Mexico. Even if they did a awesome an awesome job of it, there's California, yeah, right next door. And if and if those states don't share a fundamental respect for that immigration law and a fundamental view of what immigration ought to look like and a fundamental shared defense of their country, at that point you have to start arguing too. Why? What country do you share? Yeah, what country do you share? That's the real question, isn't it? Yeah. So did I read that one? Um, I, I'd, I'd have to know more, but blonde with balls. If you want to send me, send us some more, uh, detail on that. Happy to follow up on it. Blonde simmering rage against society. Um, <laughs> is an equal <laughs> treatment under the law ever justifiable? I'm trying to think of a situation in which it would be. Obviously it, it should equal application and equal treatment of the law is a it's fundamental the entire point of the law. Otherwise it's just a tool of, a situation of abuse. Where where it would be 
you've stumped me on that one. I can't. I'm trying to think of some situation in which it would be good, desirable. Yeah. The problem is, even if you found a situation in which you might argue it, like, oh man, wasn't that um, extrajudicial justice against that pedophile great? Because he we caught him molesting several children. Even if it was an application of justice in that situation, what you've done is opened the door to the prospective abuse of others in the future. And so even if quote unquote unequal treatment of the law was just in a particular application, you've opened the door to the abuse of others by setting that as the standard. So it's exactly. Yeah. I even if you can find an individual case, the precedent that it sets is, is a net negative. Um, so you've stumped me on that one. Agreed. Philip Lee says, Hey, Matt and blonde love the show. Recently. I've been trying to date again, but it's not going well. One true passion is growing potatoes. And I bring this up on every date. Potatoes are my mini homestead and my favorite food. It sounds lame, but they are very important, a very important part of my life. And I think discussing them is a great litmus test for a potential wife. Sometimes I even sleep with the really big ones I've grown. Question. This can't be real. Should I cool it with the potato talk on date one? Or be direct with what I want. After all, if she doesn't want my potatoes, she doesn't want me. I f- is I this a metaphor? Getting, is this is a this... metaphor for something? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> Should we take this at face value? I'm going to take it at face value, even though I feel like I'm missing something. Um, I think you need to cool it on the potato talk. Yeah. Well, potato, let's assume this is sincere. Uh, potatoes are what it's a mechanism for creation provision um uh, uh, creating and providing a good life that's what potatoes do and so if you think about the goals that the potatoes allow you to achieve i think that's a better way to present it to this uh prospective woman because she's going to want to know what do you do with the potatoes and the answer is like i i one i feed our family and two i sell them to help us build great things for our family that's an answer about family, not potatoes. So potatoes are, a, but you, t- I'll have to hear from him. Are potatoes a means or are they an end? And if they are the end, I guess maybe you do want to be honest uh, and let her know that's what it's all about. But if potatoes are the end, I think you're going to be stuck building a potato woman for you the are. rest of your life. So think about the ends, want. prioritize the ends. Your favorite Aussie call screener, Dangerous Spaces. And Aussie, I have a question about a common political talking point. When people point out Dems were the party of the KKK, Jim Crow, etc., the response is often the party switched at some point doing my hmm. own research. The only event I can find that people may be referring to is the formation of the and dissolution of the Dixiecrats. But my research into that also shows the majority of Dixiecrats were joined the Democrats. So people formed a racist party, and when that party failed... They went back to the party that best represented their racist views. That party was Democrats. As far as you guys know, is that what people are talking about? Maybe there's another event or events that people uh, to which people are referring. Seriously, am I missing something or is it complete bullshit talking points? Um, I've, I've always thought this is kind of a bullshit. Not always. I, I used to think I used to do this Democrats are the real racist thing. But but now I think it's a bullshit talking point because um it's kind of rot has infiltrated both parties and we've all been duped into believing this two party system. Uh, I think that most of this party switching and blah, 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 all of this is just a reflection of like weird cultural norms. And as a society, us just moving so far to the left that uh, it changes the perception of what a racist is. Hmm. 
What do you think? I don't know much about the specific history in this case. I know it's always ref- the Southern strategy is always referenced. The Southern strategy. Republicans decided to go after disaffected, racist, former Democrats in the South. But if if you wanted to learn more about it, I know that there are a lot of Southern strategy and uh, the great shift that you're talking about debunks of that. Yeah, I've listened to. I know I've listened to like Dinesh D'Souza talk about that in the past, and some other people I'm trying to think. It's not an area that that I've looked into greatly, but I know it's an area that um, it's in. It's something that people have talked about and researched in great detail. So yeah. I can't answer the specific questions, but uh, but I would look for that sort of material. The Southern strategy. There's the debunks, but then there's the argument that it was. Um, that that's when the shift happened. So, you know, consider both sides. Sleuthing Sloth says, hi guys, uh, we're getting married in less than six months and I need to pick some Bible verses for our ceremony. Our, uh, how do, how do I pronounce Vicar? this word? Vicar. You're the, uh, the, the, that's what the efficient, right? I'm just unfamiliar with that word. So their efficient is a bit woke. So blonde, do you have any that you think, uh, that you can think will be, wait, wait. do you we'll have really any down. you can think of that will go down really well? Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I dumped something into the, the notes. It's Ephesians 522, Ephesians 522 to 33. I'm not going to read this whole thing. It's too long, but this will really get him because he's woke. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife. As Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. And then it mm. just goes on like that for a long time. I think that's the one. And what's great about this, too, you do have additional text in here. And obviously, I'm not any kind of um, Bible verse scholar or anything. But after that, it goes on to talk about the duties of the husband too. Mm-hmm, Husbands yeah. love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up to. You know, it, it goes on. But yeah, I mean, we think of, that's the for people that criticize that sort of thinking. Oh, it's it's all about female submission. No, no, husband and wife both have duties to each other to make to this thing work. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and the points on the husbands on the husband that follow, I think, are also good. Not that my opinion matters. I just I'm appreciating the the verse or the 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 Bible. It does uh, matter. We have different yeah, perspectives on this. But congratulations to you guys. Uh, yeah. Glad to hear it. I remember not that long ago we were telling this son of a bitch to get in line and propose, and here you are here picking out your the uh, you know the the verses for your ceremony. Congratulations. <laughs> Gilgamesh says, uh, "How do you see?" Or do you see how the Democrats are losing it now that they can't steal elections uh, after they failed to kill the filibuster? Well, it is. uh, They're very rabid about this particular issue. And and I don't think most Americans, I don't think it's a big winning issue for your typical uh, independent on the fence voter. I don't think federal takeover of elections is on the mind of the persuadable voter who might vote either way. So if I wanted to think about why they're doing it, maybe the question is um, is right on about that, that maybe they know something about how the last election was achieved, which, of course, was totally legitimate. The most popular oh, elected yes, president indeed. of all time, Susan. But we know what has happened since then. A lot of voter uh, vote integrity laws have passed in a lot of states. Are, are Democrats 
sincerely concerned about protecting the right to vote in our democracy? Or do they know that some of the tactics that were deployed last time around are not going to be deployable going forward? You be the judge. But I don't know. I think that they'll try anything now that they know they've gotten away with it. Well, yeah, I mean, we, uh, we'll find out. But I have to think that their focus on this issue is because they know something. There's some mm-hmm. kind of desperation there and they want the ability to do things that maybe they aren't currently able to do given yeah. X amount of state laws that have passed in the last year since 2020. Yep. So I'll chalk it up to desperation for sure. Um, uh, who knows? It's, it's going to be a hell of an interesting couple election cycles here rolling into the midterm and then into 2024. And I uh, know. Yikes. Don't worry. It's just my faith and my, fellow citizen that's on the line <laughs> this oh, is y- yeah I, I i try to have an ability to understand the perspectives of others and try to understand why people might vote the way that they do and what they're thinking when they do you don't have to agree with me all the time of course but man it's hard for me to imagine looking at the state of the country and people getting out and voting as enthusiastically as they did as in 2020 did. for the same thing yeah it's a fucking disaster. Everything's a disaster. Everything know, is worse. They don't want to um, lose. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, it'll be entertaining to watch, but we have a little little time before then, of course. Um, all right, let's catch up with chat and we will uh, call it a night. Thanks for the email questions, everybody. Uh, one reminder, one more reminder that if you'd like to send an email question, check out the contact page of the website and use the call-in show question form. Thank you, guys. Uh, Deb Stup, not Dubstep, but Deb Stup and Rowdy Dude, thanks for supporting the show over on DLive. Appreciate that. And let me give Tippy Stream a quick refresh. We'll catch up with YouTube and we'll get the hell out of here. Do you miss your baby when you're streaming? Uh, <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't say miss. No, but that sounds terrible. The reason I'm hesitating is that that sounds bad. I don't know. Sometimes you just need a break. I well, it, already the the role of my the role of me and my wife in how we fit into his life right now, I think is very distinct. And that's not to say I don't enjoy my playtime with my son. I do every, every Wednesday morning before the show. That's, that's, you know, I have, um, I have a lot of time with him in the morning and we, we try to do all of our, uh, I don't know, little developmental tasks, try to get him to learn new things or try to get him to enjoy a new experience or something like that. But I take a lot of pride and joy in being able to provide for him. And that's what, this stream and my day to day has afforded me the opportunity to do. And that's why I'm so thankful to everybody that supports it. But that's why I wouldn't say miss. Like to me, this is part of taking care of him is, is the job that we do to provide for our families. That's true. Why do you miss, you miss your, you miss your daughter during the stream? Yeah, totally. Cause it's, you know, it's the longest time that we're away from each other. Hmm. But every time I'm streaming, I'm like, I miss the baby. I don't, I can't imagine women working all day. Just that just must be terrible. Well, and kids are, that's another thing I appreciate about the division of labor too, is it, it, you know, my wife is obviously mostly uh, the full-time caretaker, but, um, thankfully that I'm able to give her a break here and there. And yeah, but yeah, that that's helpful too, because if, if, the situation is that you're on duty all the time, no matter what that, that gets difficult to manage too. kids are, kids are a tough job. And it's another yep. reason it's so crucial for mom and dad to stick together. I, I don't think 
I know that he wouldn't have the quality of life that he does if it was just her or just me. There are things yeah, she does definitely. that I can't do. There are things I do that she can't do. Yeah, that's so, really true. Yeah. Um, I'm a psychopath. Says, in regards to Red oh, Falcor, sorry. big cities actually have tons of right-wing people. We're just outnumbered. More people voted for Trump in New York City alone than Idaho, Montana, or Wyoming combined. Um, people just need to move and will gain electoral votes elsewhere. Yeah, I could see that. But I, I the only thing I... The only partial disagreement I have is I just hate the idea of moving. And I don't know if this is what you mean, so I don't want to um, improperly interpret or mischaracterize your words. But I've seen a lot of this from in the reverse direction where leftists talk about, well, look, if we move to Montana, Idaho and Wyoming, we only need like yeah. 50,000 people in each state and we'll pick up six Senate seats. And I'm thinking okay, but would you move to a place specifically to maximize your political influence or to try to take over the politics of that place? That just seems like a shitty reason to move is, is, yeah. is the only complaint I have with that thinking. I, I don't want to live in Montana because of the influence of my vote here necessarily. I, I want to live here because of the quality of life it affords and the general values of most people in this state. And I, I wouldn't want to move to California to try to force you know anything on them not that i have that ability anyway yeah that's true um are you good over there yeah okay uh matthew riley matt i watched a few of your solo videos today well done however you made a mistake the word express is not in the 10th amendment without without express any implied powers are also considered delegated uh i suppose i mean i'm not necessarily quoting it but the point is that the powers of the federal government are explicitly articulated and maybe there's some sort of implication you want to, you, there has to be implied from the express, from the, uh, the explicitly delegated powers. You can't make up a power of the federal government. That's the point that I'm making. So I, in that context, I'm not necessarily reading it verbatim talking about federal government has these powers Anything, any power they don't have is reserved to the states and the people. That's the fundamental point of the 10. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks for watching the videos, by the way. Appreciate it. Josh Morgan, do either of you think it's possible for there to be a best of both worlds scenario where people of different ethnicities can all have strong identities and communities, but still interact in harmony on a global scale? I'm not sure. Can you repeat that one more time? Do either of you think it's possible there for there to be a best of both worlds scenario where people of different ethnicities can all have strong identities and communities, but still interact in harmony on a global scale? Uh, um, yeah, of course. Are you talking about separate identities and communities or integrated? I think that that's really the question. Yeah, that probably would be. Do, is there a world in which we all sort of have boundaries and respect each other's boundaries and leave each other mostly the hell alone? Conceivably. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Is there a world where there are there are no such boundaries and everybody is there a world where all the different value systems just mesh together in peace? That's impossible. Yeah, uh, no. So yes and no is, is our answer. I'd have to, yeah, I'd have to know in what situation. Like what's the... Yeah, what's are we talking about one world, no countries? Or are we talking about countries who kind of leave each other the hell alone? I don't know. Holden Mulray, hi, Truth Seekers. Do you ever listen to Joe Brown of Heresy Financial? He's on YouTube and has some base takes on economic issues, including inflation, debt, monetary policy, silver squeeze, et cetera. 
I do not. Don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know the name, so I'd have to, I'd have to uh, check it out. Freaking sweet taco. Who claims their behavior in each country was fine, but still got expelled from one hundred and nine? <laughs> you got me. I gotta, I gotta edit his, his comments or vet his comments. It's past uh, two li- hours, man. I know. Liberty for all. Um, my girlfriend Tanya Bataluco. Loved your show. She passed on uh, January 11th. Her daughter mm. set up a GoFundMe in her name, Tanya Badaluco, B-A-D-A-L-U-C-C-O. A celebration of life event will be planned for summer. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, sorry to hear that. Thank you for letting us know and, and all the best to you and your family and your friends. And please do uh, send me an email. I'd like to um, check out the GoFundMe and, and I'd like to make a gift uh, on behalf of the show. So send that send that my way and I'll take a look. Thank you. Rainier Chen. Hi, guys. Long time no chat. Hope you guys are well. Just heard that Chinese public schools and institutions are enforcing the no alphabet community rules and practices of daily N-word chants. I can't wait for the takeover. Is that true? Mm. <laughs> Maybe the Chinese will be our saving grace. Easter Necessary correction. Yeah, we got to. Yep. Gotta, the pendulum has to swing back violently. Tim Poole just annihilated the CEO of Getter in a live stream interview, came down off the fence and told him it was BS to ban Nick Fuentes. Great. That's great. That's what I want to hear. Did they ban Fuentes too? I didn't know that. Yeah, I know they've they banned. My thing with Getter is they did the the numbers manipulation, which I guess they've backed off of now. And now they separate out Getter followers from Twitter or whatever else. But yeah, I, I, I also looked, they banned some guy. I don't know who the guy was, but I was looking at the Twitter thread, some guy with something of a following. Not just a random dude, but um, he went on, he started a getter account and he put the N word with a soft A in his profile. They banned him. And then the the getter person who's in charge of community, whatever, trust and safety, that sort of crap. uh, Quote tweeted him on Twitter and said, like, yeah, you're damn right. We'll do it to anyone who uses racial slurs. Something to that (sighs) effect. I thought, well. You know, I claimed my username. I claimed the ML Christensen over on Getter just in case I wanted to use it. But I just don't see the point in setting up shop over there. Yeah, why bother? It's just going to be the same thing. Like, we continue to set up, you know, bit shoots. Like, they're the only people I can can trust. I know I'm not getting banned on bit shoot based on the stuff that is written in my comments. (laughs) I know Odyssey, I've had really good luck with them. Um, The guys that run Odyssey are responsive and they have never done any sort of never mistreated me or done any sort of censorship bullshit that I've seen. Same goes for Rumble. I know people have um, reservations about Rumble's terms of service and yeah, they do kind of, they do read a little cookie cutter and a little sketchy to me, but I don't know anyone who's been banned over there uh, unless I'm missing one. So, and, and, and yeah, I know it's like, well, uh, Twitter and YouTube do the same kind of censorship that Getter does. So why are you there? Well, I'm set up, I'm established here. You know, yeah. uh, the difference is I'd have to go over to Getter and build something new. I'm not putting in that effort for the same sort of result. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the difference. And that's why I hesitate about Getter. Uh, is that the last one? Oh, uh, we have two more. A slasher says potatoes, boil them, mass them, stick them in a stew. I don't know that reference. Yeah, I I don't. Potato. The potato thing is way over my head. Are we retarded? Live chat. I I don't know. Matthew Rowley. My my point is implied powers are very extensive. For example, under the Commerce Clause, federal drug laws are implied. It's why the tenth is rarely used. Yeah, but that's that's the other issue is. 
we're way on the other we're way on the other side of that. Same thing with like the the precedent of a, or the concept of inter- interstate commerce, where we've decided that if a particular good crosses state lines, it's suddenly the federal government's uh, domain to regulate. Yeah. And yeah, can I acknowledge that that there's got to be some gray area? That is to say, if the federal government has the constitutional um, authority to, if Congress has the authority to govern immigration, as we talked about earlier. Are there necessary actions to be taken to uh, facilitate that, to enforce that law? Yeah, I mean, I get it. The Constitution doesn't say that that Congress can have, um, you know, uh, border agents specifically, I suppose. But yeah. that's that's part of the uh, process of executing that law. I get it. There's gray area. But, um, you know, we, we've got to get the Tenth Amendment exists for a reason. Let's put it that yeah. way. And, yeah. and it. What, it, what the Tenth Amendment is telling us in a broad sense is that where there's doubt, where it's where that gray area exists, let's let's uh, let's go. Let's err on the side of the state solving the problem rather than the federal government. And, um, you know, it, it that's uh, obviously there's a lot of there's a lot to be debated there. So I'll leave it at that. But um, that's kind of the broad point that I'm getting at. It, it, the Tenth needs more deference, not less. And. It just it doesn't um, it not only lacks deference right now, it it basically doesn't exist. I mean, as a matter yeah. of of constant, it's probably the loneliest amendment. The loneliest uh, member of the Bill of Rights is probably the 10th Amendment. Uh, maybe there's some. Well, I don't know that one about quartering troops. We don't really invoke that one. The Third Amendment <laughs> very commonly either. But the 10th yeah. is awfully lonely. Um, but yeah, thank you for uh, for supporting the show, man. Appreciate it. We're good. Okay, I think we're all set uh, over on DLive and Tippy Stream. Let me just double check. Yeah, we're good. Uh, all right. Well, appreciate you guys hanging out with us tonight, as always. Um, we will get back at it on Sunday and talk about all the week's events then, which uh, I don't even know. What do I... Um... <laughs> Something will happen this week. Uh, I got some stuff in the notes. Uh, some pretty good hoax hates and uh, there <laughs> I'm not even going to spoil the hoax hate that I have because I want the authentic react I want your authentic reaction when it shows up so we'll just uh, we'll deal with it then of course um, we'll talk about whatever the week's news is on Sunday uh, have a great night and thank you for tuning in <laughs>